0: Welcome to the Feedback Force podcast, the game design analysis podcast of the End Defender
1: community. Hi, I'm Kelso. And I'm Kyla.
2: And I'm Carl.
1: And we're back. Took a little longer this time. Yes, Like sorry. we said we would. That was my fault, mostly. It's, it, um, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it was, like, I'd like to say, I do have good reasons that I could say, because I did work hard on the game in the past few weeks, but uh, mostly it's because I found The Untamed on Netflix. And uh, y'all, I have fallen down a rabbit hole. I
0: So I yeah. did watch like the first six episodes of it.
3: <laughs> what did you think?
0: And then I didn't really have time to do that this weekend. I guess yeah. I had time, but mostly, yeah, mostly no, I just kind of lazed around yesterday. And...
2: I've just been enjoying your Twittering.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have been tweeting a lot. So I do this thing. People who have known me for a while uh, may know that I I occasionally, like every few years, I do a thing where I get like incredibly obsessed with something. Um, Usually a piece of media of some kind. um, Where I just, I get really, really into it. I consume it multiple times um, in as much as, you know, as many formats as I can get it, um, I, like, you know, dive deep into the fandom, and I just, I get, like, really obsessed. The last one was Hannibal, um, and that hasn't happened to me for a little bit, and now it has, um, so, yeah, The Untamed is a Chinese drama on Netflix, and I guess originally it was, like, a gay web novel, um, but then they adapted it for Chinese TV, and they can't Um, They can't have gay characters on Chinese TV because of their censorship laws. And so instead, it's just like 100% sexual tension. It's just all sexual tension all the time. It's incredible. Yeah, It's like if you took the elements of a show in the U.S. that has like an intense shipping fandom, like let's say Supernatural, and you take the moments that shippers point to where it's like, you remember that one scene where they made eye contact in this like particular way and it was like really gay. If you made an entire show out of just that, that would be the Untamed.
0: I'm looking at your tweets right now about uh, stuck in a cave together. Yes. And I think I think that makes both of us uh, olds,
1: right? I've, I'm like, do people do the kids today in fandom still write stuck in a cave together fix? I don't I don't that know. That was all the rage when I was a young I know fan girl. I, I
0: do remember reading several stuck in a cave together fix. Uh, and I haven't been really in any fandom or read any fan fiction lately to know that if it is still a thing or not.
1: I don't know if it's uh. if it's not a thing anymore or if I've just graduated to a better class of fan <laughs> I, um, I mean, At
0: least they're could, a better
2: class.
1: It yes, could
0: very well be six is. of one, half dozen of the other. There
1: so um, for anyone who's like unfamiliar back in, I guess, like what, the early aughts or something like that, there was a yeah. there was this, there were a series. There's always like a series of common tropes that like sort of. You know, move around fandom, and for a while there was one that was called "Stuck in a Cave Together," um, which was basically two characters get trapped in a cave. Usually, there's some kind of like needing to share bodily warmth so you don't get to so you don't get hypothermia. Um, yeah. Often, one of them is injured in some way. And it's like a way for the characters to, you know, spend time alone together in an intimate setting and get to know each other. And they freaking do that in the show. Like it's not even in fan fiction. That's a scene in the goddamn (laughs) TV show.
0: I probably haven't gotten to that episode yet. They were in a cave at one point though, already. (laughs) Yes, not that um, cave.
1: I know uh, the cave you're talking about, not not that that cave. cave.
0: Yeah. I figured it wasn't because there wasn't any any of the other further trappings of the stuck yes. in a cave trope. Um, it's,
1: it's episodes, uh, other than episodes 13 and 14 are stuck in a cave. Okay. Uh, and that's about, okay. uh, uh, shortly before that is about where the show kind of hits its stride. It starts pretty slow um, and it starts to yes. hit its stride somewhere between like episodes 10 and 15. So.
0: Yeah, because I've got, I watched, like I said, I watched the first six episodes and you are correct. It starts out very slow. Uh, and I was sort of getting the sense that I was going to start, like, that it was going to start popping off mm-hmm. in the next couple episodes. So I guess I was close.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's it's a weird structure because it um, it starts in the sort of, well, it starts, the very first scene is like a out-of-context battle scene. And then it's like 16 years later. And then there's two episodes which are in the the, basically the present which is the 16 years later part uh and then it flashes back to like three years before that battle um and then the next 30 episodes are in that flashback (laughs) before it returns to the present yeah um so you know that's a thing the novel does not do that the web novel which by the way i read a fan translation of um i'm now like most of the way through all four adaptations of this show, but anyway, um, damn, <laughs> the web novel uh, does a lot more like jumping back and forth, where it'll be in the present for a bit and then flashback for a bit, present for a bit, flashback for a bit, um, and it's. I think the there's some good reasons that the drama works the way that it does. Um, it lets them kind of establish certain character dynamics a little bit better early on. Um, They do some rearranging of the order of things so that because the problem is the web novel was written as a web novel. So it's very episodic. So like a lot of stuff kind of happens and then it's done and never mentioned again. Um, So when they adapted it to the drama, they did a lot more to like give it a big through line. um, So things get actually introduced and then paid off later. Oh, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So but that necessitates doing a lot more backstory stuff. Um, and having more scenes in the background stuff so they decided to do it as one big chunk which, you know, they also introduced a MacGuffin um, that just is not in the novel at all <laughs> just as an excuse to have the characters travel together for a while
0: What's the um, MacGuffin that's not uh, in the
1: The Yin Iron The what? The Yin Iron
0: Oh, We've okay, the Yin oh, Iron okay. Yeah, that's just that's not <laughs>
1: That's it seems like
0: it's such a big deal in the drama, and it's just I know, not. That's, it's that's
1: like the main great. central like thing in the drama. But the, no, that's completely made up. That's not in the novel at all. Amazing. Um, well, wow. but I mean, like a, a thing that will come up later with the yin iron is in the novel, but like they don't. It's not set up at all um it's just a it's just a separate like one-off thing in the novel but anyway so yeah there's a novel there's a a manhua there's a donghua which is basically like an anime uh, and there's the live action drama um and then it turns out there's a special edition version of the live action drama um which is basically just like a highlight reel of the gayest parts which is amazing (laughs) but i wouldn't oh. recommend I wouldn't recommend watching that before you've watched the series because it's kind of out of context um so you lose a lot of like what's actually going on in the plot with that but um so i've done i've read the web novel I've watched all of the drama uh I've read all that's currently published in English of the Manwa, which is not actually that much um yeah. and I'm like three quarters of the way through what's been released of the anime so far um and then I'm like. Two episodes into the special edition, <laughs> so.
2: Man, what are you gonna do next? Sh-
1: fan fiction, probably. Once you're finished. Like, the uh, the 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 fan fiction is the perpetual, never-ending tale of this cycle, <laughs> right? <laughs> Once you get to fan fiction, there is an infinite amount of fan fiction. Yeah. So you're,
0: you're,
1: then you're you write that until them. you get tired.
2: Or yeah. you write your own.
1: Yeah, and that is usually where it ends up, is that I end up writing some fan fiction.
0: Well, you've got all the backstory now.
1: I do, I do.
0: So, you're ready for it. Yep. (gasps) Oh, great. I need to watch more.
1: Yes, please do, because I am, like, going stir-crazy not having people to talk to. Although, uh, Casual Dragon has also uh, started watching it, so I've been talking to them on... uh, on uh, Discord a bit as well about it. Nice. Shout out to Kazdrag.
0: Um, It's funny that we're talking about this uh, very gay, but also not gay Chinese drama when, uh, Kyla, your game is at PAX East right now. I know, my game
1: is also at PAX East. (laughs) I'm trying to distract myself from how freaking jealous I am that I'm not at PAX East right now, basically. (laughs) That's Um, fine.
3: but But yeah lots of
1: tweets from my team of pictures of the booth apparently it's so popular that the uh the show uh like enforcer type people had to put in a line like they had to do a little tape line on the floor so that people could line up for it um that's great which yeah which is fantastic um i don't know my my co-writer went and uh like his parents live in the area so like his parents came and played the game and we're getting—I don't know—we're getting a lot of good attention, I think, and I'm—I'm—I'm uh, I'm, I'm super jealous that I'm not there because it sounds like it's super cool. Also, we got a great freaking location. We're like right next to Devolver and Annapurna and the Indie Mega Booth, um, yeah. and it looks like we're right in the freaking center of a walkway, so that yeah. everyone has to like go by our booth.
0: Yeah, I was looking at the pictures, and I'm like, you're there, y'all are real close to just every Devolver thing, so that's. Great! I didn't realize you were also close to everything else. So yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, We got a great location. That is um, a
0: really good location. So.
1: And I'm I'm super stoked. I hope we get uh, a lot of attention. We'll have to see if our like Steam wish lists go up after the show. Last time they went up like crazy because Steam um, front paged uh, the oh, Indie yeah. Mega Booth games, um, and so like everything in the Indie Mega Booth went up by a bunch. But we're not in the Indie Mega Booth this year, so even if they do that again. Or at this show, anyway. Um, even if they do that again, then it won't uh, it won't affect us. Um, but we'll Every see. Every time you
0: mention the wish list, oh, I yeah. have to there go was... and double check and make sure that I'm wishlisted, and I am. And I yep. wish I could wish list again. But I cannot. There
1: is a there is a PAX East 2020 banner uh, on the the front page of Steam right now. So let's see what's upcoming games from the PAX show floor. Uh, what do we got? Some stuff that I've seen, some stuff that I haven't seen. Um, freshly frosted, Spirit of the North, Panzer Paladin, Misbits, Borderlands Three, Hazel, a lot of indie stuff that I've not seen here. So that's cool. I hope they get a lot of attention for being on the front page. There's no, we a are lot not. Of games. Yeah.
0: Yeah, there's so much. <laughs>
1: Is this just hmm. Yeah, that's upcoming games. So we're not if we were in anything, we would probably be in the upcoming games on the show floor. And I do not see our banner, so I do not think we got front paged, unfortunately. But that's okay. Because yeah, lots of cool lots of cool games did get front paged. And uh so I hope I hope this helps them out. There's also the packs. Yeah, I have not showcase. heard
0: of most of these games, so that's I'm gonna have to actually look through this. There's the
1: indie mega booth. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, no. For for those who like are interested, um, oh, there's more from the show floor. Maybe we're in that one. Um, for those who are interested in indie games, like going to check out just kind of like the indie listings um, from PAX uh, is a great thing to do because, in general, um, at least for the indie mega booth ones. Um, I believe you have to, you, like, you can't just buy a spot in the Indie Mega Booth. You have to submit and get chosen. Um, So, like, there's at least a little bit of, uh, oh, what's the word? Um, Curation that has gone on. Um, So, yeah, everybody check out the PAX East show floor stuff. Um, Although probably by the time you... uh, you listen to this, that, that will have gone away. But in general, when there's a PAX, it seems like um, Steam has been showcasing the PAX stuff, which is pretty cool of them.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, and also, everybody should uh, wish list Wintermore Tactics Club. Yes.
2: Uh, Still the we're... only game I wish listed ever.
1: Oh, <laughs> thank you. Um, I don't know if I mentioned last time that we're like officially announced for consoles now uh did you mention i don't
0: remember i don't know you might have said it before i don't remember i remember you saying something about that but i don't remember if it was official yet or not (laughs) if it was
3: officially
1: on. that's cool yeah no we're officially on we're officially going to be released for like you know switch xbox playstation so that's cool
0: (laughs) i can buy it on every platform yeah even
2: the sega dreamcast (laughs)
1: yes (laughs) not that one um (laughs) Yeah, no, I, like, one of our, uh, our, like, director sent around a, a picture, just, like, a little, like, phone photo of the game running on a Switch, and it was, like, the coolest feeling. I'm like, oh my god, that's a game I worked on, and it's on a console! Look at that! Nice. I, look,
0: I cannot fucking wait to play your game, Kyla. <laughs>
1: Oh, God. I hope I hope you guys will like it. I'm, you know, it's one of those things as you do with a piece of art that you care about, where I go back and forth between like being really proud of it and going like, "Oh, fuck, this is such a niche thing. No one's gonna care. No one's gonna <laughs> laugh at my jokes. No one's gonna like." Um, but most of the time, I'm I'm like. Proud of it and happy. I think I think it's a good game, regardless of whether anyone else thinks it's a good game. I still laugh at some of the jokes when I'm playing it, so I'm I'm I. It's funny to me. That's good. I mean,
0: look, I already laugh at your jokes, so I I feel like I will probably like this game.
1: Yeah, so I, so. that. We'll I guess yeah. we'll see. Spring 2020, whenever that ends, which up is
0: being. which is fucking coming up.
1: Yeah, no, we're spring. We're... We're staying vague on the date because we still don't know, like, how long certification and stuff is going to take. Yeah. Um, so we can't be like, it's definitely coming out on this date. But, you well, know.
3: Well, I mean, time. it is
2: spring 2020.
1: Uh, uh, oh, it's officially March today. That's right. Dang. I mean, well, it's not late,
3: officially late spring.
0: spring until Late spring later. 2020. Yeah. Uh, we're, I mean, probably it's, talking, it's...
1: we're probably talking more like April. Oh, yeah.
0: Jesus, that's still, like, I, I'm amazed at how quickly this year has started going by. Like, yeah. it is, it's already March, what the hell? Yep.
2: <sighs> yeah, we finally got snow here.
0: Oh, wow. Actually, we finally got some snow here, too, which is weird, because um, it doesn't really snow here. Um, and it melted immediately, but we did have snow. <laughs> In the air? Um it, it stuck on the ground and then like it, like overnight and it was there on the ground the next morning and on my car etc. And then by the end of the day it was melted. That was no, not this past Friday, but the Friday before that. So,
2: Yeah, we've had like the hottest winter in like more than 50 years.
3: Ooh. And there's
2: been no snow the entire winter.
0: That's not great.
2: I mean, the snow isn't no, isn't really fun. So,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's more but... kind of like it's more like you know a uh, an obvious visible sign of our swiftly declining planet. But uh, you know, in, in the moment, it's probably not that bad.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking about like dry winters equaling dry summers, which means wildfires, uh, which is something I had to deal with in Colorado. But. They got a lot of snow in Colorado this year, so at least I'm not worried about my parents' house catching on fire or anything like that.
1: Uh, how much snow did you end up getting, Carl?
2: Um, we probably got like three, four inches right now. Yeah,
1: that's that's a respectable amount. Yeah, that's like a real snowfall. Ah, uh, all right. shall we should we talk about this game that we played? Yeah, we could talk about this game. No, no played. transition this time. <laughs> Just game time.
0: Game yeah. time. Yeah. Well, I was gonna do. I was thinking about doing a segue, like, well, it's good that you don't have a concrete release date on your game because uh, of of what happened when when the game we played this past month got a concrete release date on its episodes, and what happened was uh, it ended up taking almost a decade for this game to be fully released. We played Kentucky Route Zero. <laughs> gang yeah, we did. uh a long long time in the making yep uh and act five finally came out and we played it we played the whole damn thing
1: when did when did this game when did the first episode of this game come out uh like 13 2013 <laughs> yeah 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 okay, so seven years ago yep
0: it, yeah and it was like early 2013 i i think <coughs> Well, so. maybe was it? Uh, let me. Let me. Now I gotta look.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah.
3: Uh, so we,
1: we played twenty thirteen. Yeah. yeah, we played twenty okay. thirteen Kentucky Route Zero. Um, all the way through twenty twenties Kentucky Route Zero. Um yeah. Now and it published... came out
0: January twenty thirteen. So. Okay.
1: Yeah. Now published by Annapurna. was not originally published by Annapurna, um only because Annapurna didn't exist when it was, uh, Annapurna Games didn't exist when it was first published. It is yep. absolutely like an Annapurna title. Like it is the most Annapurna game possible.
0: Yeah, it really, really, really is. Um, yeah. It's, it's So Kentucky Route Zero, it's a game about uh, how corporations are bad and it's a game about uh, magical realism.
1: Yep, and... it's a game about the inevitability of death.
0: Yes, a lot, um, of, a lot of that.
1: It's a it's a game about the uh, the inevitable forward trajectory of time. Um, yeah.
0: Also, a game about family in in sense and not not like the nice like, oh, I love my family, but just like how uh, difficult it can be to. Yes. Maintain familial connections and sometimes you just have to make your own.
1: Yes, it's about in this, it's about family in the sense that it's about a home as described in the Robert Frost poem that they quote, which is uh, home is the place that when you go there they have to take you in. Yes. Um, so it's about yeah. family and home in kind of that sense. Uh, it's also about debt. And the things that we owe to to others. It's a it's a game about a lot of things. Listen, it's gonna be <laughs> tough to talk about this game. Yeah, yeah, it is.
2: Um I kind of want to question all of those with is it?
1: Yeah, I, no, that's fair. That is a fair reaction. Um it's it's a it's a game that more than any other game I've played uh represents the way that dreams feel like in that the the if you just talk about a dream it's usually not that interesting because the things that happen in dreams are not that interesting what's interesting is the like larger than life giant emotions that accompany those mundane things that happen in the dream or weird things that happen in the dream and this is very much that feeling it's less about the things that happen and more about the tone of the game while those things are happening and that's kind of impossible to just describe with words
0: yeah that is that is a very very good description um i mean we could try to take it chapter by chapter
1: I, i think should go through and try and explain what happens in this game because it's bonkers
0: yeah okay um so the first thing that exists of this game is a short little so there's five chapters and then before and after each chapter there's um a little like short interlude playable thing uh so the first one that came out before the game actually released was a an interactive art exhibit Called uh, "Limits and Demonstrations," featuring the installation art of a character in the game named uh, Lula Chamberlain.
1: And is this in in the compilation version that actually comes after Act One?
0: Oh yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, this one was after Act One.
1: So I, the first thing that the first the thing one. that comes out is just Act One. Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. Forget what
0: I just said. We'll start with Act One.
1: <laughs> yes. Okay. So it starts at a gas station.
0: Yeah. It starts at a gas station, and you play as uh, Conway, an old delivery driver for an antiques shop, and he's stopping for gas with his dog.
1: And I'm Did already going to stop name? you there, uh, because you, in this game, you sort of play as people, but you sort yeah. of are just really playing as the story in some ways. Like, you control characters, but who you're controlling um, changes from like moment to moment a lot of times. And also the, um, like the dialogue options are not always options for the character that you are currently controlling. Sometimes they're yeah. options for another character. Sometimes they're <laughs> options for a character watching your character. Sometimes you're deciding which of the characters in the scene is going to speak. Sometimes you're just deciding what facts are true about the story as it's being told.
0: Yeah, sometimes you're uh, a nameless person on the other end of a phone line.
1: Yeah. it's a, yeah. I think
0: are my favorite ones.
1: <laughs> yeah, where you don't even have yeah. context on who that person is or what the conversation is that they're supposed to be having.
0: Yeah. But at least for now, we're Conway.
1: Yes, for now, we are Conway.
0: And and, and Conway meets and the dog. Uh, Joseph and the dog. Did you give the dog a name?
1: I called it Blue. To me, Blue is the canonical name of the dog, but...
0: Uh, to me it's it's always been homer for me but yeah. that's fair it doesn't like it doesn't matter you can name the dog blue you can name the dog homer you can just not give it a name
1: uh, Carl, did you,
2: did i can't you remember review... what i did i was gonna say did you refuse but, but to name
1: it... the dog because if you refuse to name the dog then we're three for three
2: <laughs> i don't know but it's okay. never come up after it's it doesn't
0: come up too often the name of the dog. Well,
1: whenever yeah, whenever someone is talking to the dog, they refer to the dog by name. If you don't oh, give it a name, they call I it probably...
2: old man. Yeah, okay. Old man. Oh,
1: okay. okay. So you chose not oh, I
3: to like
0: name that. The dog. I like that he's just called old man if you don't give him a name. That's yep. good actually. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, so we yeah. so we are 3 for 3. We all chose yep. different names for the dog. Also, yep. blue is the only name where the dog is female if you choose blue. Oh,
0: yeah. I guess that is true
1: um so you know it's an old dog it's an old dog in a straw hat yeah you're a you're a you're a delivery driver for an antique store in an old truck and you got an old dog with a straw hat
0: live in the dream basically. yeah sorry so
1: you meet joseph
0: yeah yeah you meet joseph uh look i think we're gonna have to be less specific about who you meet at any given time <laughs> <laughs> um, because otherwise we're gonna be here all day
1: yeah um you yeah. go to a gas but station but you start off at
0: this gas station and you're trying to find um Dogwood Drive and eventually you get pointed to the zero which yes, is cuz you're you're uh, making you're highway. trying to make a delivery.
1: You're a delivery guy yeah. for an antique store. You have a you're supposed to deliver to Dogwood Drive but you don't know where it is.
0: Yeah. Um and allegedly...
2: maybe maybe don't try to deliver stuff before you know where it is. <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, sure, but maybe they have a delivery radius, and it's like guaranteed to be within the delivery radius. So he's like just driving around in circles. I don't know. Listen, this is dream logic. <laughs> if you try yeah? to have things make sense in this dream, we are going to be here a long time. Yeah. Also, um, you're going to get very frustrated.
3: Yeah.
0: So you you get directed to. I don't even remember. You get directed to the Marquez place. Yes. Because they might know, I think. And then uh, you meet yeah, Weaver. Weaver.
1: Weaver knows because Weaver yeah, has been on the right. Zero before. And you you also have like a, um, a TV that you're supposed to take back to her.
3: Yeah.
0: Donald gives you the TV. Or Joseph. Joseph it's Joseph. Yes. Donald is the other one. Uh, Joseph gives you the TV and you go to Weaver and Weaver doesn't make a lot of sense.
1: Yes, <laughs> And a... Weaver
0: might not even be alive. Honestly. yeah, I was gonna say
1: there's a, there's a there's an open question for pretty much every character in this game whether they are currently dead or alive. Um, Conway, who knows? Weaver, who knows? Um, there was a there's a line at some point where um, Shannon, who's Weaver's cousin, who we'll talk about in a moment, um, mentions like. Uh, we're we're the same age, or at least we were, which implies yeah. that one of them has died.
0: And there's a lot of references later on. I think I mean at this point, I would say that probably Shannon is alive and Weaver is not, because yeah. of later references to Weaver being a ghost that haunts the public access TV station. Yep. Uh, and hijacks their signal. <laughs> um, yep. So there's that.
1: Although Weaver is so also yeah, mean- like an electronics expert, so maybe yeah. she could just do that but who knows
0: that's true um but you meet weaver and weaver directs you to her cousin shannon who runs a tv repair shop outside or in the back of a fishing
1: store a bait store, shop bake yeah bait shop i guess and you go there and she's not there you say bait you shop up... like you've never heard of a bait <laughs> shop have you never been to a bait
0: shop? Well, no. I was trying to remember if it was like a gas station that just happened to also sell bait, or if it was a dedicated bait shop.
1: I've been oh, to. Oh yeah, I, shop, so I
3: right.
2: can I've say I've never the... been to a bait shop.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a place where they like just sell like hunting and fishing uh, accessories, and usually they have like tanks of live bait, like little fish and worms and stuff that you can buy, mm-hmm.
0: and stuff in frozen frozen blocks in the freezer chest and.
1: Yeah, there's, things, a, lot of the, like there's a lot of the small town America vibe in this game. Yeah. It has that in common with, uh, um, God, the the story walking game we played, um, where the Why water, water tastes like wine. Like... Oh yeah, yeah, uh, but more more updated for the modern day.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of this a lot of this game felt really familiar. Having come from sort of a crumbling midwestern town,
1: yeah, uh, yeah. yeah,
3: everyone's, um, okay, so everyone's in, in
1: debt. Everyone's parents worked for the mining company, or grandparents, and and yeah. died for the mining company, and yeah, there's a lot of Americana in, in yeah. certain depressing ways.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't have any coal mining background in where I'm from, but uh, that we did have. Uh, one of the Heinz ketchup factories. So in oh, the nice. summer,
1: everything smelled like vinegar. It oof, was bad. Oof. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I, I come from a coal mining town, so. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, so Shannon is not at the bait shop, so you go back to the Marquez house and let's see, Weaver,
1: I think, is gone at that point? Yeah, Weaver's gone, but you meet Shannon there or you bring Shannon there. Yeah, you meet I- Shannon there and then, no wait. I
0: think you bring think her, her from I, the paint shop. I think you meet Shannon at the, um, mine. At the mine.
1: Oh, oh the you're phone? right. You're right. Yeah, you don't because you don't meet Shannon until that phone call. Right. Um, so, yeah, you get directed to the mine. You first meet Shannon when she's having a phone call with someone and you don't know who it is and you get to choose her responses in the phone conversation but you don't know what the other half of the phone conversation is so it lets you just kind of like there's so there was a thing and I mentioned this I think at the end of the last podcast um when this game first came out they described that the choices you make in this game do not affect the outcome of the game they They uh, or they said, like, they're not choices as much as they are inflections. Um, So you are inflecting the tone of the game. So you make a lot of choices, quote-unquote, in terms of, like, choosing different dialogue or, like, different places to go and things like that. Um, But none of it really affects anything. Like, the story doesn't play out differently. It's just that, like, the things people say and and the way they say it and things like that are different. So it sort of changes the, I don't even know how to describe it other than inflection, the tone of the narrative, or at least yeah. it's not even the tone because the tone is also always the same, um, but yeah, it, it it's, it, sort of, it's it does, a different meandering path through the same woods.
0: Yeah, it does sort of, it, if it doesn't affect the tone of the narrative it at least affects the tone of an interaction
1: yeah so um and... yeah so you meet Shannon at an old mine where she's come to do some audio surveying or something yeah
0: there's a and that's that's a thing that comes up a lot is a lot of characters are just recording sounds in the world for various reasons, uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess that is a running theme, isn't it yeah, yeah.
0: um. So yeah, then the two of you uh, go into the mine because that's the entrance to the Zero. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: Um, And I mean, stuff happens in the mine, but it's all.
1: Well, a very important thing happens in the mine, which is that there's a cave-in and Conway's leg gets trapped um, and very badly injured. And so for like a long time after that, Conway moves very slowly because his leg is injured.
3: Yeah
0: um let's see so at that point you're on the zero wait are you on the zero
1: at that point uh no so you go back to the farmhouse and you like stare at the tv to get to the zero yeah
0: which dream logic baby yes um so (laughs) then then...
1: or maybe you stare at the barn of horses behind the tv um but somehow you get it opens an entrance to the zero which is an underground highway um which doesn't make sense (laughs) Yeah. Not that not that it doesn't make sense oh, that it's underground, it underground? by itself. I that's implied by a lot of the stuff that happens later, I think. Is it's implied that it's underground? It's like I feel like it was, makes sense.
0: Nice I, I thought it
2: was just like dreams.
1: Yeah, it could also just be nowhere. I think the underground is also like basically a um, like a stand-in for purgatory. This whole thing is ca- sort of a weird purgatorial journey. <laughs>
0: Yeah. It, yeah. A lot of it is. Um, uh, I, I mean, I feel like it makes enough sense for there to be like a secret underground highway a you know, a secret fictitious underground highway, at least in Kentucky of all people, since the caves there. Kentucky um, of all people. <laughs> Kentucky, sorry, <laughs> Kentucky of all places. Uh, I was thinking about. Look, I got distracted. I was thinking about the caves. Uh, no, if you've ever been to Kentucky, you can go to Mammoth Cave National Park and go in it's, under uh, the ground for a while.
1: Is the is Kentucky one of those places where they refer to um, highways as the blank? Because I I know they do that in California. The, the five the ten etc. But they definitely don't do that on the East Coast. Um, yeah. So I don't know, like, if that's actually incorrect for Kentucky as a location to call it the zero, but they call it the zero.
0: Yeah, I don't know if that's a thing about Kentucky. I haven't been there in a long time, so. I don't at least think I guess Kentucky. I drove through. I drove through Kentucky last year when I was driving out here, and I've been to Kentucky when I was small. That's mm-hmm. when I went to the Mammoth Cave National Park yes. and hung out underground for a while. Uh, but I, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know about their highway naming conventions anyway, yeah. they're on the highway now, and let's see. They're still trying to find Dogwood Drive. So they go to the uh, Bureau of Secret Tourism to try uh, the Bureau of Reclaimed spaces, Reclaimed
1: uh, the, spaces the right. Bureau, yeah, right. the Bureau of Secret Tourism has like a pamphlet on the desk there. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's the Bureau of Reclaimed Faces, and... which has my favorite goddamn joke in the entire game, which is that it's an office building and there's a floor that's just bears. Yeah. I don't know and why. They... That's my favorite thing in the game.
0: And they stare at you.
1: Yeah. If you go to yeah. that floor, all the bears just look at you.
0: Yeah. It, it is. It is a good, good little <laughs> gag that nobody ever, like, acknowledges. It's just yeah. there, Never which explained. is, I think, my favorite kind of thing. Um, and there's a whole lot of faffing around, you have to do a bunch of, like, dumb bureaucratic bullshit to find the files on Dogwood, and it turns out they're not even there. Um, oh, this is chapter two, by the way.
1: Yeah, no, I was gonna say, do we want to do the interlude Uh, first? Because technically, chapter one ends when you open the tunnel to go down into the zero.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then the, then the interlude, the limits and demonstrations interlude, which is um, the retrospective of uh, installations built by artist Lula Chamberlain. Um, And there, I mean, it's, I don't really know if there's a whole lot to say about it other than it just, it, it sets up the idea of this character and it sets up a lot of surreal sort of dream logic stuff. Just yeah, VR she made, she
1: made a bunch of installations that were like difficult to install. Um, also, it introduces the idea of like cave systems and getting lost in cave systems and there being something unknown and dangerous if you go far enough down. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: and it establishes a relationship between Lula and Joseph, who we met at the gas station, and Donald, who we haven't met yet. Um, Right, they're
1: the three people who went down into the caves? Is that right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Yeah.
2: So this is a problem I have with this game. I don't remember what the characters' names are.
1: Yeah, that's totally fair. There are a lot of characters, and it's really easy to forget who is who.
0: Yeah, especially because, like, you don't really get a proper introduction to anyone. It's mm-hmm. just kind of thrown out at, at at a point who they are and what they do. And then you don't even meet them for quite a while. Like and with some, the case of Sometimes Donald.
2: they just show up.
0: Yeah, like yeah. Do you assume
2: that like everyone knows them?
0: Yep. Yeah, like Carrington who Carrington showed up in act one. He's a playwright and we didn't even mention him because
2: he's
1: he's missable. Not that important to he the doesn't story. necessarily show up unless you return to the gas station. I miss, uh, I missed him. Okay, yeah. that is true, yeah. I, I
2: went back after the final. Yep,
1: yeah, same. Um so yeah, he's missable. Okay. Uh, well... also some characters like show up in multiple roles. Like apparently there's there's two characters that uh like are in a factory but they're also like the main characters in a book that someone else was reading at some point. Like it it's very dream logicy, right? Like yeah. the oh, this character, you know, was there so that they've come up again, but now they're in a completely different context. Um, So are they really the same person or is it just, you know, my brain is filling in this person because I need a person to be here sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Dream logic. Dream logic, baby. Um,
1: Yeah. The most important characters are like the characters in the main party. I feel like everybody else is sort of interchangeable.
0: Yeah. Yeah. so okay, so you're at the bureau and you're talking to Lula, and oh yeah, she... Lula,
1: Lula. After like after the uh, she was an artist, she apparently like fell on hard times and had to get a desk job, and now works at this office.
0: Yeah, and it it starts off with her um, receiving a letter about a grant proposal, I think, uh, mm-hmm. or something of that nature, and not getting accepted for it. And then there's a little note, like it's a form letter, and then there's a little handwritten note that's like, Hey, sorry, I work in the mail room and I love your work. And uh I'm sorry that we didn't select you, but keep up the keep fighting the good fight, I guess. Yep. <laughs> um, very upsetting just conceptually. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> it is it is like much of this game. It is about um, you know, the this it's someone who had sort of bigger dreams and has disappointed hopes and kind of has to settle for something smaller than the thing they wanted. Um, yeah. which is a sort of a running theme in this mm-hmm. or and or someone who is past their prime and like you know was was a different person but is now where they are in life. And it's not yeah. it's not terrible, it's not the worst. It's just sort of is a thing um yeah this is part of that theme of like the inevitable forward march of time where like we don't necessarily like feel hopeful about the future but we don't necessarily feel despair about the future either it's just an inevitable forward path yeah
0: the future is there and we're we will be there too
1: I guess that is, a, um, that is a great tagline for this game.
0: The future is there, and we will be there too.
1: yeah, that's basically <laughs> sums up the theme of this game.
0: I guess it kind of does, yeah uh, uh. <laughs> um shit. now I'm trying to remember what happens in chapter two. You go, okay, so the the files so, that you want are not at the bureau.
1: yeah, so you have to go to one of their reclaimed spaces that like so they're they're in a church. The, that's now, the, what was a church that's now their office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you need to go to what was their storage facility, which is now the church where they moved all the the uh, the people
3: from the, yeah. the original church.
0: And then you go to the storage unit and it turns out that nobody's even showing up for services anymore. It's just like the night janitor sets up uh, a, a tape deck. Like there, there's not even a minister at the church anymore. The, the night janitor sets up a tape deck and sets up some seats in a storage unit and just plays a sermon a pre-recorded sermon and nobody shows up for it anymore but you find the records um for Dogwood Drive
1: yes another another space go... that another space that used to be better or used to be at least different that is now mm-hmm. kind of fallen apart and fallen into ruin again yeah. recurring theme in this game yes
0: and then i'm trying to uh... You go back to the Bureau of Reclaimed Spaces and Lula... I think Lula is the one who says, hey, I know this doctor. Here's his address. Yes. I think that's
1: uh, what happens. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because Lula has arthritis. And the doctor treats her for her arthritis. We should also mention that while you're going around in this chapter, you are driving on the Zero. And the Zero has a really fascinating topology <laughs> where yeah. it's just a circle. It's just a big circle um, that has, like... As you go around it, it has a different series of landscapes. Like every time you turn the full circle, Um, Mm -hmm. and sorry, not landscapes, landmarks.
0: Landmarks, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, if you, while you're at a landmark, if you turn around, then you are on a different road. Mm -hmm. Um, So So you get places by driving to a landmark and then turning around, and then driving to a landmark and then turning around, and so forth.
0: Yeah, so the directions will be, like, go clockwise until you reach the lantern, then turn around and go counterclockwise until you reach the anchor, and then turn around one more time and you're there.
3: Yeah.
0: And,
2: mm. So, I have Complicated. a question. Does the game, like, if you can't find your way, does the game just auto-put you where you should be when you, like, take a break?
1: Yeah, so I think, so when eventually... you, I think when, if you sleep, there's like a sleep option, and I think if you sleep, it just puts you back at the bureau, yeah, so that you can get permanently lost. No, it
2: doesn't put you back. It puts you where you're supposed to be. I think.
1: Does it? I don't
0: know. I didn't uh, end up trying know it. To... Maybe, maybe it does. At this point, I know later on in the game, there's a point where you're driving and you have Junebug with you, and Junebug will take over driving for a while, and she'll drop yeah. you back at the Bureau. But maybe early on, it does just take you to where you need to go. Hmm. I don't...
3: I don't remember. Uh,
2: <laughs> but yeah. I think I just, like, I didn't bother looking, so I kept driving, and then I slept, and then I was there.
1: Oh. Alright. Convenient. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't end up sleeping yeah. because this was actually, like, one of the few things I sort of remembered about how the game worked. <laughs> um yeah. And you also... I didn't notice this until much later, um, but you do pick up that pamphlet from the Bureau of Reclaimed... Tur- or the Bureau of uh, Hidden Tourism. Yeah. Secret Tourism. Uh, and you... Uh, that It gives you directions for how to get to some hidden locations along the Zero. Mm-hmm. Which I tried to go to later, and I'm not sure if it was the same cutscenes as it would have been in Chapter 2 or not. So...
0: I did the same thing, and I'm not sure either. So... <laughs> yeah I could um, always just open Chapter Two
1: again, I guess, and yeah. like uh go along, but yeah, um,
0: so she directs you to a doctor and you go to this address that she listed, and instead of finding
3: uh, it takes you back a to house... the, it
1: takes you back to the surface um yeah the the address, and yeah, you go to where you think the doctor's gonna be, but you find a museum instead,
0: yes, and inside of this museum is just a bunch of homes of various types. There's like a regular, you know, ranch house. There's an underground bunker. There's a houseboat.
1: There's uh, There's like a chicken coop and a a doghouse.
0: Yeah, a chicken coop, a doghouse, a birdcage, a horse stable, a trailer, just various different types of dwellings. And you kind of wander around. Yeah, residences. And um, you kind of wander around and talk to people and instead of talking to people it gives you the people's observation of you yeah like oh
1: yeah, it's, there's it's a someone, bunch of people watching you through like a security feed and reporting to their boss what you did yeah <laughs> like oh he wandered around <sighs> for a while and then went into this place and like you know he talked to this he tried to talk to this person but like the residents weren't having it so like
0: yeah, and I think in some cases it's like, like they're reviewing the feed at a later date.
3: Mm-hmm. So then
0: they're asking the residents, "Oh, well, they came and talked to you. Did they? Did they say anything interesting?" Now they were just looking for whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so eventually you go up on the roof and it's raining. There's a big storm going on, and um, you meet uh, a little kid named Ezra, and Ezra is friends with a giant eagle named Julian. I'm
1: and sorry, every night eagle is his brother. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's his brother. You're right.
2: Julian's <laughs> his <important>. brother.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: He also wears um, a suit.
1: Yes. So wears
0: a yeah, tiny, he wears a suit. boy suit. Yeah. I love Ezra. Ezra's great. Um, and every night, because people can't sleep in the museum, everybody has trouble sleeping in the museum. So every night, Julian picks up every house and flies it into the woods so that everyone can get some sleep. Yeah, Julian in is the a morning, big
1: eagle. Like, Julian is like... Julian's a
0: big lad. Julian's yeah. like
1: a, a Lord of the Rings big eagle. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and, and yeah, and then in the morning, he takes them out of the woods and drops them back off at the museum, except for the doctor, who just stays in the woods now. He doesn't go back to the museum. So then you go to... Well, you fly around for a while, and you can, yeah. like get some little bits of dialogue and flavor
1: yeah um, I guess from places we should have, flying around we should have said that like in the first chapter you're actually like one of the mechanics is like driving around on a map view where you're like you're you have a little tire icon and you can like drive along yeah. the different roads um, and in this one it puts you back on the same map except now you're flying over it as the eagle which is pretty cool mm-hmm. I remember the first time yeah. I played that that being like a neat moment because it kind of interestingly recontextualizes something that you've already done. Yeah.
0: And you can, like, as you're flying around, the interactions happen at the same spot, but you're but then you're just seeing them from a different vantage point, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Uh, and then you end up in the forest, yep. which is one of the coolest parts of the entire game.
1: Visually, it's pretty uh, freaking neat. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because it it, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, it it does interesting things with the negative space between the trees as you walk through the trees. Yeah, so like
1: things things are there in part of the space, and then like the moment you pass behind something, they're not there in the next part of the space. Like it's it's weird and surreal and really cool.
0: Yeah, it's it's very good, um, and I think at this point. You're just playing as Ezra running through the forest, and yes. uh, every so often you get to another little scene of Conway and Shannon, and Conway is, man, he's not doing good.
1: Um, yeah, his leg's real fucked up. His real Yeah, he's doing real bad.
0: His leg's real broken. Um, and then you get to the doctor, and the doctor is going to do some experimental medicine on you. Which is is pretty bad. It ends up being pretty bad because the doctor now is on the payroll of um, the electric company. The electric company, the power company, and everything. The power company, yeah, the consolidated power company, Aunt Connie, Um, which. Is kind of the big bad specter throughout the entire game. The Yeah, they the, they the own the, owns... the mining
1: operation that yeah. like killed Shannon's parents and Weaver's parents and...
0: and owns uh the Hard Times whiskey distillery.
1: Do they own which the whiskey? Everybody Dis- is also indebted to everybody. I was unclear what the relationship was between the power company and the whiskey distillery.
0: There, I'm not sure if one owns the other, but there is a relationship. Okay. Um I'm, and now I'm trying to remember what it is, but it, it, there's a relationship, yes, of some sort. But um, yeah, so the doctor is now on their payroll, and by helping you, you are now in the debt of.
1: Yeah, he puts you. Uh, he, he puts basically. you under with some kind of like uh, new like narcotic drug to make you sleep while he's working on your leg, and as you're falling asleep, he starts talking to you about billing.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um, and it, it's it's so simple because the billing just it's all it's all one thing. So your medical bill also comes through your electricity bill. Yep, it's consolidated. Uh, it's How consolidated convenient. exactly. Yeah.
2: Um, convenient. <laughs> hmm? It is convenient.
0: Yeah, it's ugh, yep. terrifying and convenient, I guess. Uh,
1: yeah there's the spectre, then, the specter of inescapable debt is a thing yeah. that is a, a running theme like that's the, even way back with the mine company with the mine company they talk about you know the the idea of company script and a company store where like um, you know they pay you in and this was a this was a true real thing from the history yeah uh, the mining mm-hmm. companies would pay their workers in what was called company script um, and so it was just like a basically an IOU and you could spend it at the company store. So everything that you purchased, you purchased from the company and that included like food and tools uh, and things like that. So basically they were just paying you so that you could give the money back to them um, it, yeah. in order to get I think your that's necessity. known
2: as a Steam wallet.
1: <laughs> Except you had no choice. Yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's uh, uh, a a slightly dressed up form of indentured servitude. Yeah. Uh. So, there's that.
1: Yeah. Most um, of the time, yeah, I couldn't actually,
0: actually a real thing that happened throughout a lot of history. Yeah. So,
1: and was was a very sort of abusive uh, relationship between workers and the company. Um, yeah. So yeah, not a great not a great thing. And this so there's a sort of uh indent similar indentured servitude that happens with the whiskey distillery but we'll get to that
0: yeah um yeah and while con conway's under he has like some flashbacks and you learn a little bit about uh his relationship with the um the owners now owner of the antique antique store it was uh a husband and wife named lizette and ira and their son, Charlie, died in a roofing accident. And Ira is now gone. And it's basically just Lisette and Conway.
1: And, and Lizette's Lizette is, mind is slowly deteriorating. Yeah, she's got she's, like some kind of oncoming dementia. Yeah,
0: sort of. And she's <laughs> sort of slowly succumbing to that. And it's... The future's there and we'll be there too.
3: <laughs> yeah, um, we'll be there too. Yep. Yep. Yeah.
0: Um, so let's see then what happens.
3: I think that's uh, just that's the,
0: the end of the that's chapter. That's the end
1: of Act Two. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Is is you're coming out from being under?
1: Uh,
3: uh, yeah. You don't actually come out
1: from being. You go under. Going under is the end of Act Two.
3: Uh, oh yeah. I you're remember right.
1: because I was very startled about Conway's leg, so it was not part of the two chapters that I played in the path. <laughs> right. Uh,
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: But uh, but first, what was the what's the transition between two and three? Was oh God! Yeah. The the play. Yeah, point. this is maybe um, the worst part of the game. It's, <laughs> like it's I, not I the I best like it segment in a certain way, but it, way, it, it but gives it's...
0: you it gives you a whole lot of context.
1: Yeah. No, it's um does it though? Just, um, <laughs> yeah,
0: does it though? It does though, because they're talking about again, they're talking about like debts and running up the tab, and then at the end of the thing the bartender's like, I had to sell all of your debts to the distillery. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it does, I think it shows you further how just how far under the distillery's thumb everybody is yeah. and how real fucked up it is. Yeah, and um, someone from
3: the distillery for,
1: comes to collect the debt and you see for the first time one of, quote unquote, the strangers, which are these weird, disquieting, uh, glowy skeleton people. Yeah,
0: they're, yeah, so they're called, like, the strangers, or sometimes they're just called the boys from the distillery. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: yeah, and we should, so, the reason Carl and I are complaining <laughs> is, <laughs> the like, they make you watch an entire goddamn three-act play. And, like, there's, like, you literally have to be staring at the actors as, you, as they speak. You play a, a drunk with no lines at the bar. <laughs> in this scene, in a student yeah. production of two mashed-together plays uh, that are by um, the the playwright from that we talked about from Act 1. Um, yeah. Um, Carrington? The, so
0: the plays aren't by him. I don't remember who they're by, oh, but no, it's his right. production.
1: Okay, it's his production. Yeah, it's they're oh, by yeah. something with a W. I want to say it's like Woolworth, but that's not it. Um, and... Are you looking it
2: up? And you have to watch everyone deliver their line, or yeah, they're not going to deliver their line.
1: Yeah, you have to go through the yes. entire play, and you can read also, like, simultaneously, you can read, read, like, reviews of the play and notes on the play, and you can read, like, the, the script for your lineless character, which is your character is one of the two plays that got mashed together, which was like a pantomime about a drunk.
3: Yeah,
0: so, okay, so the play is by Lem Doolittle. Okay. And there's actually a website where you can download or actually you can buy a paper copy of the script of course um, you can for five dollars if you uh, are so inclined.
1: It's a uh, it's uh, I didn't remember the letter. I remember the double O's uh, apparently. Yeah. So I'll
0: just I'll just read this little blurb. Um, okay. The entertainment was first presented at the Buffalo Street Student Theater on the evening of November sixteenth, 1973, with the following cast. Not going to read the cast. Mm-hmm. The production was directed by James B. Carrington. The setting was designed by Lula Chamberlain. The plays, A Reckoning and A Barfly, were written by Lem Doolittle and later adapted by Joseph Wheatree, who is the same J- Joseph that we know, uh, for simultaneous performance as the entertainment. So, that's Yeah, what and that they is. also
1: mention, they do mention Junebug, as the person who's supposed to be coming to the bar to play music, um, but who never shows up. It's a sort of like waiting for Godot uh, (laughs) sort of feel. It's a a three act play about like, there's a bartender and a drunk woman or a a, a heavy drinking woman and a woman whose parents are heavy drinking, who is like supporting her parents, who's trying to get out from under supporting her parents because her parents have racked up a huge tab at the bar and she doesn't want to pay for it anymore. Um, so the, the drunker, the heavy drinking woman is like her husband is a traveling salesman and she's imagining that he's cheating on her kind of just because she wants to get out of the relationship because she doesn't like that. He's gone all the time. He's probably Mm -hmm. not actually cheating. Yeah. Um, the bartender, uh, claims to have been on vacation, but probably wasn't actually on vacation and is also like his bar is getting really in debt. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's having a hard time keeping the bar running uh, and then yeah and then there's the the Pearl the woman who's like her parents are like her mom's been like a checkout clerk at a grocery store for like over a decade and it's sort of she keeps hoping for promotion but it's not happening and they're just racking up this tab and she doesn't want to be burdened by their debt anymore yeah. uh, and then it ends with the bartender admits that he sold the couple's debt to the distillery, and then you turn around and there's this freaky skeleton, and then the end. Which
0: I would say is probably the only jump scare in the entire game. Yeah. Uh,
2: There's some semi-jump scares.
1: Yeah, you could argue that the part in the mines where, like, if you turn the lights off and you can sort of see the ghosts suddenly appearing in flashes of electricity... That's yeah.
0: That's a cool one after you get past the original. Yeah, after you get past the initial like oh, yeah. Um, but the the uh, the the boy from the distillery coming coming on in really freaking got me. Also, not just because like it's a dark room and the skeleton just is walking down the aisle specifically towards you, but also yeah. all of the distillery folk have this like terrible buzzing staticky drone noise that accompanies oh, them wait. as they walk. Yep.
2: Does the skeleton walk walk towards you? Yeah. Cuz I waited with turning around.
1: Yeah, I didn't turn until
0: the so I just right turned right around and
2: it's right in your face.
0: <laughs> I mean, he doesn't like yeah, he basically is is just there. Um yeah. I think he walks a little bit and then stops really close to you, but yeah, spooky.
1: Yeah. Um, And so so I should say, like, I actually think this is a really cool segment. um, And it's like, it's a neat thing. And I think it does add some interesting context to the story. The problem is, it's like 40 minutes at least of just basically reading and doing nothing.
2: Yeah. (laughs) And it's so long. As a play, it's not like interesting enough. Or at least, like, I am not there to watch play
1: yeah and this goes on i could see how this would be like if it was released in the context of like hey here's an interesting little interactive toy to tide you over while you wait for the next kentucky route zero chapter to come out it might have been like i might have been in a better mindset than uh, than thinking of it as like oh here's a short interlude that i can that i have to do before i get to the next chapter right i feel like that context is important
0: yeah. Um,
1: it's so long. Sorry, I'm just looking at this. It's so this, long. I don't
0: remember it being that long, but yeah, you're you're right. It is a little long, um, and it, it, it does it, it it does work better as as just a a little breadcrumb that you get in between the several years that it took between Act Two and Act Three to
1: be released. Yeah, I uh, think this game is not meant to be played in the context that we played it, which is like. Trying to binge it in like a couple sittings uh, to get to, to, to complete it. I think it's, it's a, this game is incredibly slow and methodically paced. And it, I yes. think it's, it, it's better, it's probably better played like one act or interlude at a time, like no more than once a day. Um, yeah. Because it's, it, it's better, I think, if you play a little bit and then sit with it. Um, rather than mm-hmm. trying to do the whole thing at once. Because otherwise, you're just going to feel frustrated that it's, like, very slowly paced.
0: That you're watching a play for 40 minutes, right? Yeah. yeah. It,
1: it wants yeah. you to be in this slow, methodical mindset. And if you can't play it in this slow, methodical mindset, I think you're just going to end up frustrated. And I I found myself getting frustrated.
3: So. Yeah,
0: me too. Yeah. Um...
1: Yeah, so that's well, I think that's, that's it for the entertainment. That's the though. interlude between two and three. Yeah,
0: um, and then Act Three, you you wake up and you have a skeleton leg, a glowing skeleton leg. Yep. Uh, from the
1: yeah, uh, and, company it's slash and it's unclear if it's like a mechanical leg or if it's just your fucking skeleton. Yeah. It's
0: and they never really explain what nope. what's going on with they the people. You do have people. to
1: clean it carefully,
0: yeah. Clean it carefully with, um, like rubbing uh, alcohol, water and no al- rubbing alcohol, yeah. Like, do not and use our a, a salt, cloth. yeah, yeah, yeah. It might have even been distilled water, I don't remember,
1: yeah. Something, um,
0: yeah. So, let's see. Act three gets a little like i don't remember exactly why you end up in the places you end up but you do Yeah. Um, so, you go,
1: so you're you going say- you're going along uh, the surface roads somewhere and you run out of gas that's what happens right i think so um
0: or your truck just breaks down because it's old
1: yeah yeah your truck your truck breaks down and then you switch to controlling uh johnny and junebug Right, yeah, you, um, yeah, Johnny
0: and Jude who are also great. They are um, <laughs> a couple musicians. of robots. They're yeah, they're musicians and they're a couple of robots who you sort of. It's not really explicitly explained, but it's explained well enough that they are like robots who worked in the mine. Oh, are they? And escaped. Yeah, well, I think that's what they are anyway. Um, I'm assuming that the the mining company like replaced uh, actual people with robots eventually. That
1: would and make sense. And they worked down in the mines.
0: Yeah, and they worked down in the mines. Um, and they found the music tapes that the miners left down there. And they decided, well, we don't want to be miners. We want to be musicians. So they just left and have been traveling as musicians. And they uh, uh, Johnny plays the guitar. And Junebug sings, and it's yep. great. And they're late to their gig.
1: Yep. They're the, they're the ones at. who are supposed to have been showing up at the bar at the play, except yeah. they're supposed to have been showing up at an actual bar um, run by the same bartender from the play. So this is one of those dream yeah. logic things. Like, it was a play, but now it's the real world, and it's the same. Like, the context sort of melted from under you into a different thing the way it does in dreams. Yep. Um, um. And they wait, do they go to the Hall of the Mountain King before or after meeting Johnny and Junebug uh after after, after. okay, I think I think uh, or maybe not. I don't know. I don't no. remember like there's really the Hall of the Mountain King is one of the most contextless sequences it in really the really um
0: okay, so I think uh. God, I'm trying to remember now because I don't think I don't think June Junebug and Johnny were there. I think it was just Ezra.
1: And... No, they were they were definitely no, they, there. they, they were Ezra, there. Yeah, yeah, because Ezra waits oh, with yeah. Junebug outside the church. So okay, yeah, that's right. Okay, so okay, <laughs> this so... for someone who hasn't played this game, <laughs> like listening to us like muddle through that, like it's yeah. it's such a yeah. weird out of context. It's like listening to someone describe a dream.
3: Yeah, it but really
1: is. So just, they meet just, just play
3: mean,
2: the game. Also, like, the game is sort of, like, at least from Chapter 3 and onwards, they're, like, jumping between set pieces that yeah. describe, like, different... You get information from different times at different,
3: mm-hmm.
2: like, places. Yeah. So it doesn't make that much sense chronologically anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um... So, okay, so you meet Junebug and Johnny and they pull over and say, hey, we'll take you to the bar. We got to fill some more seats anyway. Otherwise, Harry won't pay us. And you get to the bar and Harry is real pissed. And they do their number anyway. And you have a great little music number.
1: Where you get to describe Uh, the lyrics that they're singing or get to choose the lyrics they're singing. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Um,
0: Which is super cool. And let's see. Then I'm trying to remember where you go from there.
1: So they did, they agree to, because you helped them out, they agree to like join you uh, and help you find the zero again. They fix your truck, don't they? Uh, They fix your truck truck because you call a towing company and nothing much comes of it. Yeah,
0: because it is the middle of the night, I guess. Yeah. Um, So yeah, then they fix your truck and. Listen, I'm just gonna say somehow we end up in the Hall of the Mountain King.
2: (laughs) I mean (laughs) I'm not sure where, but like you get you learn about like turning on the radio and getting
0: setting it to the
2: right frequency.
0: Yeah, that was part of it. And that's how you you get back to to zero. I think I think you you go back to talk to Lula one more time and she directs you to Donald. Because Donald, oh, like, yeah. she said Donald might know how like to that. do.
1: Oh, 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 I know what it is. You go to, uh, you go back to the bureau and they have the files, but the problem is that the roads have been renamed. Um, and right. so, like, some of the dogwood drives are now like Leafy Dogwood Drive or like, you know, Tall Dogwood Drive or something like that. And she's like, oh, so like the, Com- you'll need the computer database records for like how what the names have changed to to mm-hmm. find Dogwood uh, to see if it's still Dogwood or if it's changed um, because they had to change the name so that they wouldn't have conflicts in the computer system of having two of the same names somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so you have to go find the computer system and that's why she directs you to Donald.
0: Right. So then we made it. We did it, guys. (laughs) Um, So then you go to the Hall of the Mountain King, which is where Donald, who was the other former companion of Lula and Joseph, has basically just set up in a giant cave with a bunch of grad students uh, and and their weird computer database simulation project thing.
1: Yeah, it's like one Um, of those really weird old, like super old computers where the, it's like not even vector graphics exactly. It's like whatever they call those old like oscilloscope type outputs. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it is definitely one of those. And like you have a magnet and it's like, I don't know, we can try to degauss it, I guess, see if that helps. But uh, the computer, the simulation is all broke. Mm -hmm. So
1: you You gotta go find the people who can fix it.
0: Yeah, who can, can say so the go?
1: church where the strangers are.
0: Yeah, so I, Donald like directs you, he's like, Yeah, I don't know, the, the strangers come in and they they knock around some stuff and the, stuff and the then it works again. The computer is, so the computer know, is partly the made strangers. of
1: mold. The computer is made of crystals, yeah. and, crystals and mold. And some yeah. of the mold makes the computer work properly and some of it doesn't. So they need the the like strangers to scrape the correct mold off the computer.
0: Yep. So then you go through the cave, and end up in an old church. Uh, and you hang out. Uh, Ezra and Junebug hang out, and Shannon and Conway go off for a while. And they come back, and and Conway is kind of shaken, and Shannon is concerned, and they're like, no, we know how to fix the computer now. Yep. Uh, so then you go down and you fix the computer, and... Oh, then what happens?
1: Then you play a <laughs> fucking text adventure on the computer. yeah, you play that takes place in Jesus. the goddamn caves where you are right now,
0: yeah. and it's it's like a simulation of hiring grad students and assigning grad students to do the tasks. and, yeah, and, <laughs> and, it, and it's eventually it's like
1: literally a simulation of like Donald and his crew and how they got there,
0: yeah, and how they got there and and weavers the there. events that Weaver's one of the,
1: of the uh, grad students that you can hire.
0: Yeah. Um, she we were, yeah, yeah, she goes off leave. with the
1: strangers and doesn't come back.
0: Yeah, and then there are several other grad students that you can hire in the simulation that are also in the cave, um, and other grad students that are just unrelated. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, let's see, then what's the next thing? I think you you I think you end up with some some more data that you then have to take because I know you end up at the bureau again at the end of the chapter, and it could um, just be that oh that was a bust let's go talk to Lula again,
1: something like that. Yeah, I don't know. the The Hall of the Mountain King is so out of context.
0: It really is.
3: Uh... <laughs> uh,
1: but you end up you it's end cool up back thing, at the. But... Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's one of the more like memorable environments in the game. It's like very cool looking. It's this weird sort of fiery mountain interior. Um,
0: Yeah. Like you're just at this huge cavern and they're burning all of their old electronics, like to stay warm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So yeah, there's just this huge pyre of, of like old CRT and oscilloscope monitors and like giant cabinet computers yeah
1: um, yeah, yeah. so uh, you go back to the bureau to get on the ferry,
0: yeah, you go back to the bureau to get on the ferry, and let's see, is this where you yeah, have the flashback that's... to what happened?
2: Yeah, you tell them okay. what happened,
0: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. so you tell them what happened. and and um when Shannon and Conway went into the church left the um the church, they ended up at the distillery.
1: Yeah, the church the has like a secret work. basement. That's the distillery. Right, it's the secret basement <laughs>
0: of the church. Um, and there's
1: there's metaphors and... there about how like you know the 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 company is a form of worship, and you know is is a religion in a way that it's like ever present in your life, and you kind of are trapped in it in a you know, and you have no choice but to. It's like this all powerful thing that just has control over your fate, whether you want it to or not. Um, yeah,
0: and and Weaver was somehow like the prophet of that. She came in and she gave them the formula, which mm-hmm. is literally a mathematical formula that the distillery uses to calculate the amount of debt owed by everybody who works for them. Yeah. And you get roped into it by uh, you meet a guy whose name I have forgotten, and he's one of the skeletons, and he says, oh, well, you're a delivery driver. We we could always use another delivery driver here. I'll just give you a tour of the factory.
1: Mm-hmm. So you get a
0: tour of the distillery and you find and out it, that they It's like a
1: tour that's like under the assumption that you're there to work for them.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you you learn that they are uh, aging the whiskey in old caskets that they have exhumed. Um, and then they ran caskets. So they had to just start building new caskets. And all of the whiskey is distilled in caskets which is something yeah and it's then weirdly the end, like you...
1: it's weirdly like spooky but also very mundane because you drive like a little go-kart around the factory yeah
0: yeah yeah Your little <clears> like, like interdepartmental, like cart, yeah your little interdepartmental shuttle transit mm-hmm. and you go through all of this rigmarole you you know he takes you to the truck that you're going to be driving and um you talk to the dispatcher and blah, blah, blah. It's all like, okay, cool. When can you start? Well, I've got this final delivery, but honestly, I wasn't planning on working here. Um, and before you say that, he like he says, okay, well, here's a, a congratulatory, like celebratory shot of whiskey. The yep. good stuff, and it's then you take
1: hard it, times um, whiskey. By the way, is the name of the whiskey brand. Hard
0: times whiskey.
1: Um, <laughs> nothing if not on the notes.
0: <laughs> yeah, and Shannon says, "Well, look, we've got a lot of other things to be doing," and uh, the man who's giving you a tour basically says, "Oh no, well, that's that's no good. That whiskey that you just drank is very expensive, and we have to account for the time that I spent away from the job to take you on this tour and." Blah 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 blah, uh, and basically what it amounts to is Conway is now a slave to the
1: yeah he's uh, now distillery in debt to the distillery. He is now
0: very in debt. Yes, to say nothing of the leg that he has. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that happens, and that's that's what happened in the interim previously.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, but now you've just got to go finish your delivery. So. This is the end of chapter three. A barge shows up on the river outside of the Bureau. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're going for the rest of the game. On this yep. barge, kind of. Or at
1: least for uh, the next. Let's see,
0: what was the next for one? The next- oh, the next.
1: So then it's Here and There Along the Echo.
0: Yeah, Here and There Along the Echo, which is uh, a automated phone line provided by the Bureau of Secret Tourism, all about the Echo River.
1: <laughs> this um, was a our- one i have to say it it is
0: good in in this edition they give you like an old like 1980s sort of office desk phone and you can call the number and
1: yeah they
0: they they give you a phone
1: in, in this now because they can't do the actual thing which was apparently a real phone line that you could call up
0: it was a real phone line and i did call it up um i wouldn't be surprised if it's still active actually I'm not gonna call right now to find out but um yeah it was an actual phone line and I did call it up
1: and, and it's it's it's, like it's, a, it's it's just
0: a tourism, tourism line.
1: Yeah it's great it tells you like information about like how to identify sounds that you might hear on the river and what to do if you were holding a snake. <laughs> yeah
0: or like here are some places you can go for food and drink. You can go to the rum colony you can go to Sam and Salmonitis. somebody's seafood. Sam and Idas. Oh yeah. right. Cause I, I was thinking Ira and Ida. You yeah, Sam and Ida's. and there's they do like a couple.
3: bad
1: job of naming people distinctly in this game. It's very uh it's very hundred years of solitude. But anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool little thing to play with and it does set up the next chapter. Mm-hmm. But there's not really a whole lot like narratively. Like there there's allusions to things that you will see, the Iron Pariah and the restaurant and man the bar a snake, apparently. And the snake I I don't think there are any snakes in No, the the, game. so I was but reading maybe, maybe the key,
1: but like in apparently in one of the scenes I skipped, you can run into a man holding a snake or at least hear about a man holding a snake Damn. in the chapter.
0: I must not have seen that. That's great.
2: Yeah, yeah I missed it. Yeah.
0: Um, I did see the Iron Pariah, though, so that was I cool. I did as well. Yeah, um, yeah. and that's, that's just the interlude. And then uh, chapter four is you are on a barge that collects the trash for called residents that live. Mammoth. the Mucky Mammoth. The um, which is so-called because there's a giant animatronic mammoth just on the, the bow of the ship. For whatever yeah.
1: reason, magical, realism. magical realism in this context, magical game.
0: realism, yep, 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 yep. Um, and you hitch a ride with them along the Echo River, which is an underground river. Um, and ostensibly at the end is where you'll get to Dogwood Drive,
3: mm-hmm. but
0: until then, and this is where, um, I like the narrative sort of devolves even further. in... Into a point where, like, by the end of the game, it's like this wasn't really ever a narrative at all. It was just an excuse to show you a lot of little vignettes about people living in this world.
1: Yeah, a lot of Um, like vignettes with a sort of centrally set connecting set of themes. Yeah,
3: and
0: Act Four
2: was kind of the place where I started to lose my patience a bit.
1: Yeah, I could, I could see that. Yeah,
0: there Act Four takes a long time. There's a lot of downtime, and there's a lot of stuff and, that is, like,
1: and I know you don't do heavy s- Yeah, I was going to say, I know you don't do a lot of stuff in this game overall, but this feels like the one where you do the least. Yeah. Like, you don't even get to control um, the boat as it's going downriver. Yeah. At least in all the others, yeah. you get to control the vehicle and, like, <laughs> where you end up.
0: Yeah. In this one, um, you're on the boat, and... Who is on the boat? Will is on the boat. Will is Will the captain, Clara... or is Kate the captain? Uh, Kate is yeah, the captain. So, oh yeah, Clara. Cl- so Kate is the captain. Will is along for the ride, Mechanics I guess. Clara slash... is a musician. Is
1: Will Kate's husband? Is he? I don't know.
0: I don't.
2: Maybe. I don't think so. Because don't they split up later?
1: Uh, no, Clara's the yeah. one who goes with you. Oh yeah, Clara's the one who comes with you. Kate.
0: I don't I don't know what the relationship between Will and Kate is necessarily. Yeah. I, just I gotta be I'm honest,
2: pretty- I didn't notice Clara was like a character until she had like a performance.
1: Yeah, same. Yeah, she's easy to miss. She's
0: easy to miss. Like you can talk to her on the <laughs> ship a couple of times, but she's mostly just around.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so I guess you're yeah, taking it, you're taking Clara to a performance that she's doing uh, off the barge uh, at some point. She's a theremin player.
3: Yeah, which is cool. It's a cool uh,
0: instrument to play. I, not probably not very practical on a river, on a boat. <laughs> that seems dangerous. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> um, and
1: yeah, so yeah, as you, you just end up having. River there's like a series of choices where there's like a bunch of stops and at each stop you can either stay on the boat or go ashore and like do a vignette.
0: Yeah. And there there is one spot where if you even if you do choose to stay on the boat you eventually have to get off the boat. Mm-hmm. But that's later on and that's the big important one. Yeah, that's like the so, last. So yeah, so, so you stop at a refueling station. station. Yeah. And you can either Go on, like out to the gas station. I think it's Junebug and Johnny and Ezra. And
1: I don't think it's even Ezra. uh, uh, Junebug
0: and Johnny are talking about.
1: Hmm. I don't think it's even Ezra. Oh yeah, it's just just Junebug and Johnny. Johnny. Yeah, I
0: think it's. I think you play as Ezra if you stay on the ship in that one. Um, and Junebug and Johnny are talking about like taking Ezra in. Can we do this? Should we do this? Who knows? Yeah, like they're basically talking
1: about like what it would be like to have another traveler come with them and if it would throw off their groove. Yeah. And yeah. Mm
3: -hmm. Um
0: so that's the big
1: Ezra's parents disappeared, by the way. Ezra doesn't have parents. His parents just disappeared one day. So he's just like a a weird street urchin with a big eagle brother.
0: Yeah, basically, it's it's implied at one point that they they lost their house, mm-hmm. um, like like they defaulted on their mortgage and their house got foreclosed. So then they lived at a bus station for a while, and now his parents are just gone, mm-hmm. which is really fucking sad. Yeah. But, eh, but Ezra a Ezra had Julian. child. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. The next one is the. Is the Rum Colony next?
1: I don't remember the order of these at all. There's That's the fair. Rum Colony. There's the, um, there's, like, a place where you can, like, take surveys for money. There's a, there's a little
0: uh, island where you go pick up mushrooms or collect mushrooms.
2: Yeah. It's the Rum Colony next.
0: Okay. Yeah. It's the Rum the Colony next. Oh, cool. That's good thinking. We probably should have had the wiki up this whole time. I definitely don't. I'm Flying by the seat of my pants. Uh, Yeah, so the next thing is the Rum Colony, which I didn't even do this time I played it. I did it before.
3: Serrano,
1: who's another musician, is like giving a show there. Apparently Uh, you can see, if you turn your flashlight on, you can see some of the, uh, the strangers having a conversation with Conway at one of the tables, but you can only see them if you shine your flashlight on them.
0: That makes sense. Uh, Uh, Which I did not know and learned about later. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The strangers show up uh, quite a bit just kind of intermittently throughout this episode. Um, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And Cyrano shows up later in uh, Pueblo de Nada. Um, And the other thing that I guess we never really alluded to talking about this is that uh, Conway is heavily implied to have formerly been, or he is an alcoholic yeah who is um
1: yeah he's like 15 he was like 15 months sober yeah. um, until he had that drink at the whiskey distillery um yeah and again you know the metaphors of like a thing that sort of controls your life that you're trying to get yourself out from under like a debt um yeah where he has this this constant weight of this alcoholism and he keeps getting like on and off the wagon where he tries mm-hmm. to, you know, straighten up and get a get a good job, and then he finds himself back on the sauce eventually.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, let's see. So he he was like drinking beers on the boat, and now he's at the rum colony drinking, uh, I don't know, mai tais or whatever. Yeah. So <laughs> um, a
1: little, little fruity. drink. He ends up,
0: yeah, he ends up with like a a, a flower uh, lay, <laughs> for the rest of the game. Which is cute but sad,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, and then I think the next one is the island, yeah, the mushrooming where island collect mushrooms. yeah,
1: i I know that because those were the three I did before I gave up leaving the boat because it was taking too long.
0: Okay, yeah, um, let's see. So there's that one.
1: The mushrooming one is interesting because it's it's Ezra and uh I think Kate, yeah, um, and they uh. They alternate that, like, both of their stories. They're both like having a flashback that's just told as a text narrative. Um, and you can alternate between the two, uh, like they both mm-hmm. play simultaneously, and you like choose which one to advance next. Yeah, it's just sort of
0: odd. And this is where you find out more about Ezra's like family situation. And Kate is, um, like a midwife, and it's. It, so, like, some relative of hers is in the hospital, and it's sad. Yeah, I don't and, fully remember exactly what that Yeah, there's something, like, was. She,
1: she once was pregnant, but, like, lost the baby, and oh, okay. she, like, yeah. someone told her to look into, like, homeopathic medicine, and she did, and, like, found out about, like, the different powers of mushrooms, and so she became, like, someone who knows a lot about mushrooms, and she also became a, a doula which is like a midwife type person who like helps you get through births because she wanted to help other people yeah
2: so this was the only one i didn't do i think but like was that the same person that that was pregnant because yes like when you had a phone call you phoned someone that was pregnant was that kate
1: i don't know i don't remember (laughs) Was the is the phone call from the later section where you go to the phone exchange? Um, I, I skipped that section.
2: Apparently, according to this, it's earlier. Okay. But I'm not sure if it's in order anymore.
1: Yeah, I have no idea. Uh, yeah,
0: I don't remember. It's fine. Um, anyway, and this is where you see
3: Iron Pariah.
1: There's yeah, there's a, is... there's also like some actually correct information about mushrooms uh in the stuff i don't know if all of it's correct but there's one part where they talk about uh regular morals morels and false morels and how you can tell oh, yeah. the difference by cutting it in half and i i happen to know that is actually a real mushroom thing so maybe all of yes. it's real mushroom stuff
0: i don't know some of these mushrooms don't seem real there are they some that sound more, like, real, glowing, but... yeah which i mean i guess it's it... It's not outside of the realm of possibility for mushrooms that glow, but I, d- yeah. I wouldn't expect to see it's, them
1: It's some combination anywhere. of real mushroom things and fake mushroom things, possibly.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, you so see the, the Iron next Karaya. One... The Iron yeah. Karaya is like this big derelict ship, maybe from the Civil War, that's like floating down the river with no crew and it's just covered in cats. Yeah.
0: I did... I did sit and watch those cats for quite a while. Um, but, you know.
1: Yeah, you don't and actually need to see much of the ship. The it's like a silhouette in the front.
0: Yeah, it's cool. It's a nice... It's a cool-looking set piece. Yep. The next one is the, um, the, the research
1: station. Yeah.
0: Where... Uh, so, Kyle, you didn't do this one?
1: I did not do this one.
0: Okay. This one is... Um, you you get off the boat and it's i think it's Shannon and Ezra and Conway or maybe it's Yeah, not it's Ezra. Conway. Okay, it's Shannon and Conway. Shannon uh Conway stays outside with the boat. Shannon goes in and it's told as like security footage. Uh so there's cameras all over this research station place and the the conceit is oh hey I was looking around in the back and I found these old tapes from forever ago that we never, we never, like, logged and went through the results. And it's basically, like, you just go through a series of rooms and answer questions that don't really seem to serve any purpose. And you learn a bit about the people who ran the place um, and a little bit more about, like, it, it's related to, like, the TV station, kind of. And I think... The i think people, weaver was there at some point the, the as people well
1: talking are like mimi and someone right
0: i don't remember their names
1: um well oh, i remember either. this because they come up as and maybe this is the alternate if you stay on the ship but they are also the characters in a book that someone else is reading
3: oh hmm. um and
1: it, it might be that you learn about mimi and and whoever this other person was something with a d maybe i don't know um it might be yeah uh Dahlia or something like that. Um that sounds familiar. Uh you you learn uh the yeah. So there's a Will, I think, is like reading a book, but he only reads the middle of books. So he like oh. had this book and he opened to the middle and he read about these two women who uh work together as and I I don't know if it was if they're actually working for the phone company or not they might have also been two of the phone company workers uh or like yeah. the phone exchange workers um, a- sure. as we've said before like people kind of recur in these weird cyclical ways uh, almost very a uh, 100 years of solitude style and so it's hard to remember who is supposed to be who in a lot of cases yeah
0: um anyway you you get through like this series of rooms uh a cat follows you out that's one thing that they say is oh i was wondering where that cat went i guess i went i guess it went with them um so this cat follows you under your boat and as you exit the research building uh conway is on the dock and there are two distillery workers in a boat talking to him and then they disappear and you go back on the boat does,
2: it. Is it not where he gets his uh, skeleton arm?
1: Uh, it might be. I, I... That would be good to know, because for me, he just suddenly had a skeleton arm and there was no explanation.
2: Oh. No,
0: I think I think he does just end up having it at some point and you never really see where he gets it. Because yeah, I but, I, but, I, but it. I think
2: it's after the research center.
0: It might okay. be. I'm not sure. But either way. Yeah, he is slowly becoming more glowy skeletonized mm-hmm. um let's see after this you do the concert
2: the phone, uh, the phone call uh
1: well yeah no before, the, the, the theremin least. concert happens before this maybe oh okay um yeah there's a there's briefly the theremin concert on the water i don't remember really what even happens in the theremin concert there's like a little bit of dialogue but i feel like it wasn't that important
0: yeah i think it's more dialogue about Junebug, like Junebug and Johnny, are recalling a previous time where they saw Clara perform, mm-hmm. and I think that's also the conversation where you can decide if you want Ezra to go with them or not go with them.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, again, yeah, not not super important stuff, but it is. I'm pretty sure that's what it was related to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So then is the phone exchange,
1: yeah,
0: which you have to take a little boat through the bat sanctuary. To get to the phone exchange. Um, to deliver I like the bat a package. Sanctuary. The bat sanctuary, yeah, where um, they are basically just keeping bats in this like weird artificial environment to protect them from uh, a fungus disease that kills called, the bats. Yeah, called so white they have syndrome,
1: which is an actual thing. Yeah, that is actually killing bats.
0: Yeah. Um, so they, they live in this little like sanctuary and they use like ultrasonic pulses to keep (laughs) bugs away so that they won't get infected. And then they genetically engineered a type of artificial moth to feed the bats called the little gray, nothing moth. Yeah. Um, and you, it's at this point, it's Conway and Shannon and they talk about stuff and then they get to the exchange. Uh, and you deliver a package and, um, you yeah,
1: talk there's a to whole, a lady. Yeah, you have a conversation with um, a lady at the phone exchange about how um, there used to be a lot of people who worked at the exchange. It's in an old flooded train tunnel, by the way, which is gorgeous. Another yeah. really cool like setting. Um, mm-hmm. And she talks about how like there used to be a lot of people who worked there, but then um, like gradually they all got replaced or moved and like replaced by machines, except for her. And she's maybe functioning as part of the machine by like giving it the cues it needs to like read human behavior or something um, yeah. another kind of company owning people's lives and like not caring for them as real humans sort of theme
3: mm-hmm.
0: uh and this is the point at which uh Conway just leaves the game forever. yep, you go to get back into your boat to head on to the restaurant and. Conway is now a full skeleton is he a full skeleton at this point
1: well there's there's three skeletons on the boat. It's unclear if one of them is meant to be Conway, but I assume, especially yeah. if you saw a boat with two skeletons earlier yeah.
2: so, so there was
0: yeah, there was a boat with two skeletons, and now there are three and one of and Conway is gone, so one of them is him
2: so Conway was not a full skeleton when he left me, and he just oh. jumped into the lake and swam away interesting during like where you everyone is doing like one phone call.
1: Yes, that's a that is a thing that I read that is a thing on the wiki. um if you don't if you don't do the phone exchange, if you stay on the boat and then because then you end up doing the phone exchange later, um then he comes with you on the boat, still mostly a person. and then um, like he says like he talks about giving you his truck, and then uh, you leave him on the shore, and you're like, stay there, I'll be right back and then. You see a boat drive away with three skeletons, and then you just never see Conway again. Yeah.
0: Hmm. Interesting. I, because I think the, I think Conway left me at the same time both times I played this. But yeah, and
3: that's there's, cool a, to know that there's there's an there's inflection
1: other... point when asked when Shannon is asked what happened to Conway, you can either say he went to the distillery or they took him. So uh, it's sort of up to you whether Conway was willing or not. Okay. Hmm.
0: I probably, uh, then that, I guess the one that I picked was he, he they took him.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Maybe, I, 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 I always pick they took him. Cause I've like, ugh. except that like, he does make noises about like, well, well I might as well to go to the bet. distillery. Cause I don't have a job after this. And you know, better to have something to do than to have nothing and you know like he has this sort of resigned fatality to to working with the company that like shannon is very uncertain about uh yeah but yeah conway's just gone
0: yeah conway's uh, gone for the rest of the game yeah um and at this point you head on to the seafood restaurant and i felt like nothing that really happened at the seafood restaurant felt that important
1: yeah, there's another okay. weird metaphor about, like, the the divers where there was, like, a moment of um, great inspiration that the chef had where she was preparing a bunch of these dishes that she'd never prepared before. And so to help her, but then she, like, forgot all the recipes because she was in such a, like, fevered state of creativity when she was making them. So they took the table full of leftovers and shellacked it so it would be preserved forever so they could keep referring back to it, which is yeah. another like weird commentary on the sort of progression of time and trying to not go to the future.
0: Yeah, and then there's the other flip side of that, which is that uh, Sam, who so Ira, Ida, it's Ida. like Sam and Ida, and I guess they're a married couple, and Ida's the chef, and Sam goes down in a diving bell and catches all of their seafood every night, I guess? Yep, um, I guess. So- Yeah. Um, So the other flip side of that is, yeah, I was just like not catching any seafood until these two divers came in and they were, they kept telling all these stories and boasting about like things that they'd seen under the water and the catches that they'd made. So we, we shellacked the, um, the food. So that serves as like a sort of a map. Mm -hmm. So whenever I'm trying to remember where I want to go, I'll just look at the food and think, oh, right. They were talking about this. And that's how i remember how to get there Mm -hmm. so uh very much like a a story that grew in the telling kind of thing i felt like there but um yeah that's really all that happens at the the restaurant and i guess
1: you 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 find out that um conway is gone yeah or like you talk about the fact that conway's gone yeah
0: you tell everyone else that conway's gone and then um you go to make the rest of your delivery
1: yeah, Which so Shannon she... because Shannon agreed to like take his truck when he was gone, um she also agreed uh or she also decides that that means that she has to carry out the final delivery he was doing as well.
0: Yeah. So you get to a silo, big ol silo, mm-hmm. and that you can't take the truck any further so you just have to
3: Yeah, it stairs all the way up to the up. surface.
0: Yep. Uh, And that's the end of Act 4. And Act 5 is um, in the, like, public access TV station.
1: Yeah, so the the uh, Act 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 4.5. So, like, the Act 4 to 5 interlude, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Which, uh, I'm, like, I'm really getting, like, Talking about this fatigue, but um, I can can
1: take over for this one. (laughs) Okay, cool. So it's like a public access TV station for a tiny village of like less than a dozen people, and there you're like the producer, so you're like helping everybody switch back and forth. Um, There's a few different groups of people. There's like the guy doing the weather, along with Serrano, the musician, who is apparently there to like add cool music to the weather. (laughs) Uh, The weather segment. Um, There's a crow that runs the videotapes.
0: Slow-mo crow.
1: Slow-mo Joe, the crow. Slow-mo Joe crow. Um, There's uh, Bob and Ben? Or Bob Bob and Ben. Ben, Yeah,
0: Ben and Bob, yeah.
1: Ben and Bob, who are, like, obsessed with this radio and, like, finding ghosts in the... um, in the it's like static between channels. You're, you are the producer, Emily, and Emily, Bob, and Ben are also the three people who were attending Lula's uh, exhibition earlier in the other interlude. Yeah. Um, They're not also that that like, matters,
2: all over but... the place.
0: Yeah, <laughs> they, they show up in a lot of places.
1: Yeah. Um, and then there's Rita, who hosts the little public ass- access night show. Um, and a guest who comes in, um, Maya, who's like there researching. Apparently, the town is built on like these old grave mounds, and so she like came there. She's an artist, I think, um, who came there to like draw the mounds. Um, mm-hmm. And so yeah, you just kind of run a public access show where like people can call in and like Rita's like real weird, like sort of crystally hippie type person. Um, yeah. And the as the show goes on, there's a storm outside that's just getting worse and worse and worse. Um, and it's like really like starts to get, you know, crazy sounds of like rain and thunder. And the roof is leaking. So as you are, uh, you know, going through the roof just gets like there gets to be like steadily deeper puddle of water on the floor. Um, and yeah, they talk about the fact that Weaver... Uh, is like this sort of pirate airwaves pirate who occasionally just hijacks their airwaves and broadcasts some stuff uh and they have no way of stopping her and they have no way, they don't know where it came from um so you continue to do this uh until the power goes out um and like presumably the television station is destroyed yeah um, yeah, that's it
0: basically it. The, it's another
1: very, like, mostly non-interactive segment, but it's it's shorter and less tedious than the three-act play, so. Yeah. It's it's
0: also worth mentioning there. Um, I sent you the link to those video files before we played it. You can watch the entirety of this public access broadcast <laughs> in video format with actual actors.
3: Oh, that's And, like, fantastic.
0: the script is entirely the same it's really cool yeah and there's some like extra stuff like there's um there's an old broadcast that rita also hosted where um junebug and johnny came on and like played a song so it's and it's all with like actual actors so it's that's cool um, i would watch that junebug yeah junebug is played by the um the guy who did like the soundtrack and recorded their songs but painted silver Okay. Um, so that's that's cool. And then there's some other um like public access stuff. There's a segment called um Aunt Connie, which is like uh, like announcements and that kind of thing from the consolidated power company, which Aunt Connie is like the benevolent yeah,
1: Aunt, Aunt Bell or whatever telephone yeah, company. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. Ma
1: Bell, I guess.
0: Yeah yeah um, and, and Connie is the Ma bell of the consolidated power company. Yeah. Um so that's that's all there. Yeah. It's yeah, cool. they also
1: they also show a tape. So the name of the segment is uh Un Pueblo de Nada which they translate as uh the people of nothing. Um mm-hmm. so there's this, there's a thing in this about how there was a group of people who came to the town, and you don't actually learn that much of them because the they do play the videotape, but the audio is all in Spanish. So, yeah. um, I'm, unless I'm, I assume that you can learn something if you speak Spanish, but I do not. So, yeah, um, yeah, and they ask a lot of questions about the town's past. Um, and they talk, I think it's actually in chapter five that they talk about the idea of reflections um, and the, the idea so. that all the things we have, these like burial mounds that the town is built on and the um, these tapes of the past broadcasts, all of these are like reflections of things that don't exist anymore.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: They're like these empty reflections of the past. So more themes about, you know, the future is where we will be. <laughs> yeah. We are going there.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. So that's basically all of that interlude, and then it's uh, Act Five, where you're finally above ground again. It seems yeah. like it's been forever since you've been above ground at this point.
1: And it's it's um, kind of pleasant. Like the the atmosphere of that the little village is like nice. It's sunny and sort of calming. <laughs>
2: There's colors. Yeah, Yeah, there's colors colors
1: again, which there pretty much haven't been the entire game.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So the way Act 5 plays out is you are back above ground in this little village uh, after the storm. And a lot of things have been destroyed by the storm. The area is pretty heavily flooded. Um, Oh, one other thing that you learn about in the public access broadcast is about the horses.
3: Mm, which the neighbors. are
0: sort of yeah, sort of wild, but not that wild. They just kind of hang out, and everyone calls them the neighbors. Uh, and the first thing you see is that the neighbors were killed in the storm, yeah. which is sad. Yeah. Um, and a lot of it, you play as a cat.
1: Yeah, you sort technically of walking you play as around. a dragonfly leading the cat around. Yeah, yeah, that's true.
0: Um, but
2: but I you make cat that. noises.
3: Yeah,
1: that's true you do get you, the option. you control the yeah. cat
0: basically um who is just going around this basically a, it's a circular area and as you move around it sort of i went counterclockwise i don't know if you can go clockwise but <laughs> i went counterclockwise
1: you can go back uh, and forth. i went i went back and forth like a
0: bunch. i went
2: all over the place
1: okay um, but yeah uh, you you just sort of
0: encounter little scenes yeah of you kind of eavesdrop
1: on on everyone, yeah.
0: uh People who are just kind of trying to rebuild after the storm and deciding and, and like, well, can we even yeah, stay de- here?
1: Deciding whether to to rebuild or abandon the town. Yeah, um, um and you find mm, Five Dogwood Drive finally.
0: Yeah, you find Five Dogwood Drive, and it's not really a house. It's, it's like just a, a building. white
1: arch. <laughs> it's a yeah. white arch with sides, but no front or back.
0: Yeah, and some stairs. Um, Yeah. and There's no one there, uh, so you're like,
1: well, I I guess we just drop off the furniture here, question mark?
0: (laughs) Yeah, so you're watching people sort of unload and load the furniture, uh, watching people make preparations for a funeral for the neighbors, uh, watching people talk about, you know, are we going to stay? Are we going to rebuild? Are we just going to leave? You find out that the power company previously owned this town and they've just decided not and worth it anymore so yeah, the power company it. has just withdrawn entirely yeah. which means and the, that town, the
1: town kind of like fell to yeah. pieces after that yeah
0: they, so they don't really have much in the way of int- infrastructure but you know we can probably rebuild it i guess mm-hmm. through cooperative spirit etc and yeah i i like, a lot of stuff happened in this, but at the same time, not much happened really at all. Yeah,
1: it's It was just sort uh, of like it, a it, wrapping up of yeah a lot of the, yeah. like, narrative character threads. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, and, and in a way, it's not actually wrapping them up. It's just establishing what are their thoughts on where they are right now. Yeah. um,
0: um And the whole is- thing concludes with... Sorry, it is, go.
1: It is a very, the future is there and we will be there also. Yeah. I
3: mean, <laughs> uh, yeah sort it of. really is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, and the whole thing sort of wraps up with a funeral for the neighbors. And someone sings a song and someone does a poem. And there are all of these like shadow figures that are like, yeah, you ghosts.
1: Yeah, you can see the shadows walking around. Mm-hmm. The town, yeah. as you're going around, as the cat. My head canon is that you can see them because you are the cat, and cats can see ghosts because nobody else mentions them, uh, for the most I part. Feel, well,
2: yes, someone does some say something like, "The yes. town
1: is already chock full of ghosts."
0: Yeah, I think I think like one or two people maybe mentioned them. Like I think someone even said like. Yeah, they're just kind of around, and they don't really bother anyone, so we don't...
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Ron does does talk about the fact that he, like, leaves the radio on for one of the ghosts.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what, like, what the best way to say it is, like, to describe what happens in this, because, like you said, it's it's really just kind of a, this is where we're at now.
2: And they live ever after.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, basically. Um,
1: So it's all the characters kind of deciding whether they should move on or whether they should settle in this town that they have arrived at. And they end up setting up kind of a music space in the arch with all the old furniture that they brought from the antique shop.
0: Yeah, Weaver is there also at one point just (laughs) sitting on the steps by herself. I did not notice. Which is, like, she, I don't, I don't remember if it was at the very end, but I remember there was one point where Weaver was just sitting on the steps, you can't interact with her, and nobody else seems to be, like, Aware like, nobody her. else is talking to her. She's just, yeah, sitting on the steps, so.
2: Oh, that was Weaver?
0: I think so. Let me, hang on. Now I'm not <laughs> sure. I'm pretty sure it was Weaver. Yeah, it was Weaver. I'm looking at a picture of Weaver with the, with the glasses and the black t-shirt. Cool. Interesting. Yeah.
2: I wonder what happened to Weaver in this game.
0: Yeah, yeah, that, that was... Because
2: Weaver is, like, this big mysteri- myst- mystical figure. Yeah. That, yeah. like, and... leads you to the zero, and then they sort of dropped her.
1: Yeah, she's kind of, like, they... a, this, this hinted-at thread, like, this ghost that you're always chasing, but you never quite get to.
3: Yeah,
0: like, everybody, not everybody, but so many of the people that you encounter have had some contact with weaver in the past like weaver worked with donald in the hall of the mountain king weaver went to the distillery and gave them the formula weaver uh worked at the phone worked at the tv really. station like weaver yeah. did all of this stuff yeah um and i mean there's not really any resolution but at least you see her at the end there
1: yeah weirdly so, as far as the endings go I was, like, even though nothing is resolved in any way, I was kind of satisfied with the ending. It felt like an ending to me, and it felt like the appropriate ending for the weird dreamlike state that had gotten us there. I don't yeah,
3: know how you guys
2: I... felt, but... I felt so... exactly the same, where, like, in another game, I would have thought this was a really bad ending, but mm-hmm. it's appropriate.
0: Yeah, yeah I... I, that's the conclusion that I came to. I think initially when I played it I was like it hadn't really fully occurred to me that this isn't a narrative that it <laughs> yeah. is just a series of vignettes and so initially I was a little bit disappointed and then I thought about it for a couple minutes and was like no actually this works really well because it's not it it, it isn't a narrative and it really never was a narrative mm-hmm. uh, even though it kind of Looks like one. Yeah,
1: there's a series of of events, and you recognize some names along the way, and some of them seem to be motivated by past events, but that's about (laughs) as narrative as it is.
0: Exactly. Um, So yeah, I at first I was like a little bit bummed about it, but then I realized, no, actually, this works really well, Mm -hmm. and I was no longer disappointed. So victory from the jaws of defeat, or something like that. (laughs)
1: So, I guess let's go with like things we really liked and things we really didn't like. Um, I, the art style is fucking gorgeous in this game. It's like really, it's so simple, but so vivid and like so unnerving at times. It's really amazing what they did with so little.
0: Yeah. And, um, the color palette is especially great. I just, I really love, um, That really low contrast look where you don't really get any full black and you don't really get any full white. It's very much in the mid tones. Yeah, except when it drives everything
1: zero, in which case you get these weird vector graphics. Yeah, then it's all
0: black. But I, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'm not counting those. I'm just thinking about the scenes um, where it it does just uh, occupy this sort of mid tone range and it looks. Everything looks a little foggy and a little misty and there's like good atmospheric perspective and it all really lends itself to the dream sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't realize until you get back above ground in Act 5 how little color there is in the rest of the game. Yeah. Like how yeah. desaturated and grim the palette
3: is. Yeah.
2: Act 5 feels like Old Man's yearning compared to
3: yeah, right. previous yeah. games. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah it's a breath of fresh air in more ways than one at that moment, yeah. which is, you know is entirely intentional um, uh, and it's and like the 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 actual um text of it is really good. I'm not necessarily sure i I believe that the like the storytelling or the narrative are things I can get hundred percent behind. But the writing is very, very good. Um, it's all yeah. very evocative and strange and dreamlike and exactly, you know, what it's trying to be.
0: And I I do like that there is a lot of stuff that remains unexplained and it gives you a sense of, like, you exist as part of a world and that doesn't mean that you know everything that's going on in the world at all times, Yeah. Which is a really annoying thing to see when you're, you know, when you're encountering some piece of media where it's like everybody knows everything that's happened in history in this setting. Like that's not how it works.
1: Yeah, and some characters and know each other too. from before, and like you don't get to know about that. It's just, you know, part exactly. of the past of this world.
0: Yeah, exactly, and it it feels a lot more believable because of that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. It has such like a great tone to the game. Yeah, it's like consistent and it's always like fresh and keeps you on the edge.:
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's masterfully executed tone. Um, and it was I feel like it was, and maybe I'm just you know glorifying the past at this point, um, but I feel like it was like one of the first games, if not one of the first games to do that, then at least one of the first games that I encountered that felt the way that this game feels this Mm -hmm. like just real dreamlike state yeah
2: it's It's hard to say because i I don't know how to judge this game because it's released over seven years
0: (laughs) yeah right and that's it's it's so hard to go back to like what what was even happening in 2013 where was i in 2013 um it's this is actually something that um that my boyfriend and I were talking about about a different game, um, I don't know. You maybe have heard of it. It's a uh, like first person horror exploration sci-fi game called Routine. If you are aware of that, yeah. it was announced in 2013, and it, it it basically was like a retro future sort of thing where like you've got this multi tool that the like the weapon. quotes associated with the multi-tool like changes based on like tape cartridges that you load into it and you're exploring like a a moon base or something and it looked really cool and it was announced in 2013 and that game is not coming out like it's never coming out but nobody has said that it's never coming out yeah and we were talking about how like back in 2013 this was a really really cool idea and nobody had really done this sort of thing before and now, in 2020, it's completely moot because so many other games have done it already. That even if Routine does come out, it doesn't matter because it's not novel anymore. Yeah, um, <laughs> they so missed their window. It it is really really tough to
3: yeah.
0: to say like you know is this like a revolutionary or novel thing?
1: Yeah, I, I think
0: it is, but yeah. it's taken it's been so long coming that. It also kind of isn't. Yeah, and I mean so it's
2: I'm it gonna isn't. say I think of this game as being released twenty twenty. Yeah. And that's it. I, I don't that's think a, you can like release part point. of your game and say like this is how great we were.
1: Yeah, I think it's it's worth like thinking about the context in which it was released, like as in the the, the amount of time it took to release it all and how it was released episodically when you're thinking about like the pacing. But I agree that like, it should be taken on its merits as a finished game. Um, yeah. And I think it mostly holds up. The, the, I've, to me, the fifth chapter feels the most tonally dissident from the others, not just because it's like a, the breath of fresh air that we were talking about, but also like it introduces a mechanic of like how you make choices in a narrative that's not anywhere else in the game and the way you wander around in it feels different from everything else you've done in the game, and it it just feels a bit different. Yeah.
2: (laughs) So, what kind of, like, frustrated me about this game? um, It's Well, mainly two things. One, characters keep popping up, and I don't know them. And (laughs) two, like, um, choices don't matter. And it's fine that they don't matter in game, but when they don't matter to me as a player, that mm. becomes just, well, why should I pick one over the other?
1: Yeah, it's it's more like you're basically choosing which set of dialogue you get to see, and like you know you're missing stuff, so it's just kind of like a little um, unsatisfying, I guess. Yeah, but...
2: But it's also like there's no difference between picking a dialogue options and just clicking next.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, see that. there, as I say, like the the difference is you get to see one set of dialogue and you don't get to see another. But because you don't get to see the other one and you don't know what you missed, it's also, as you say, yeah, the same is not picking.
3: Yeah,
0: and that um, that is another thing. It's like. There, there is dialogue, especially in Act 4. Like There's dialogue and there's whole scenes probably that I haven't seen in Act 4 in particular. And it's like, do I really want to go back and play it again just to see what I've missed? Yeah, <laughs> And so I probably will at some point, but, you know.
1: Yeah, my, my grievance about this game, I guess, uh, aside from what Carl already mentioned, is that I'm not sure it benefits from being a game. Um, yeah. Games are the only medium in general that combine text and animation in the way that this game does, like text and visuals, but
3: mm-hmm. the
1: game like the the game doesn't really make significant use of interactivity in any meaningful way. And therefore, like as an art piece that, you know, it's not an art piece that needs to be in this particular medium in order to say the things it's saying. Yeah. Um, which feels a little bit like a letdown. And it definitely is... I would definitely say this is an art piece and not a game.
0: I would agree like, with that. You have yeah. to
1: treat it like an art piece and not a game in order yeah. to get any satisfaction out of
3: it.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, yeah, and it. I guess it's just like... Where, where do you draw the line between, like, this is a game and this is a piece of interactive fiction?
3: Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, having
2: this discussion exactly, once again. Exactly.
0: No, I don't <laughs> want to have this discussion, but it just it just comes down to that discussion again, really. Um, and I, I would say that I think this falls more on the side of art than game.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, and and like, fine. it it could be like there are definitely games that do interesting artistic things with their mechanics, but this is not like there's there's nothing skill related. There's nothing uh, like puzzle related. There's nothing. Not even like your choices don't have any interesting outcomes. So the the interactive element of it is not put to any kind of interesting use. And that's yeah. why like and... it's not that it's not a it's not that it's not of the medium it's just not doing interest, anything interesting with the medium. Yeah,
0: I I would say that the most the most that you get out of the interactivity is seeking out things that you would otherwise miss. Yeah. And even and there's and there's a lot of stuff like that um especially in the earlier parts of the game when you're on the zero and when you're up you know, a, above ground routes. on the yeah. highway there, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that you can see, and none of it really amounts to anything more than just here's some extra text for you to read. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's there, you know. Yeah, and that is a choice that you can make. It's not a big one, and it's not necessarily yeah, the tr- a the meaningful, choice. Is sort of about one.
1: how much of the game you have patience to consume. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, and, like, I really liked uh, finding my way through the road, mm-hmm. and that was really cool. And then, yeah. like, checking your logbook for stuff. Mm-hmm. But then Act 4 came.
3: <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: and And you Four... don't get that. Yeah, Act 4, I think, sacrificed that kind of exploration for more focused scenes. Mm-hmm. And having scenes that are more highly authored than what existed previously in the game. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, it's just a trade-off. I wouldn't say it's necessarily better or worse. Yeah. In the grand scheme of things. I mean, obviously, clearly Carl prefers one to the other. <laughs> and I don't really have a preference, honestly. Um, it's just kind of that is what it is.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, so overall, I feel like I'm glad this exists. I think it's ambitious in a certain way that I really appreciate. Like, it it makes no, like, pretense of, oh, I have to be entertaining or I have to be mass appealing or I have to be quote-unquote fun in the way that other games do. It is just It is an experience that is designed to be a very specific thing, and it executes incredibly well on that specific thing. And I think, you know, to the like games as art discussion, you need to have more weird, risk-takey just designed experiences like this in order yeah. to, you know, push the, the what is considered, you know, like the artistic capabilities of the medium forward. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm 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 happy that it exists. I'm happy that it finally got finished because I think it definitely ran the risk of being a like perpetual never finished thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, although I guess I will say like having having followed this game from the very beginning and having spent uh, a a non-zero amount of time like. Double checking the devs' Twitter account to see when the next one was coming. Making sure that the game was still being made. And I will say, to their credit, there was no point in time that I looked at their Twitter or anything, any other media surrounding this game, where they said, you know, we don't know if we're making it anymore. They had always, they have always maintained, like, yes, it's coming. Yes, we're still working on it. Please be patient. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So. There's that I guess, Uh, and it is weird that it's done, like surprising in a (laughs) way.
3: (laughs) But yeah, yeah, I'm glad it's done.
1: I don't know if a project of this like scope. Well, I was going to say, I don't know if a project of this sort of scope would be started today. But to be fair, the a project of this scope was not started then because they thought it was going to be much smaller in scope. Yeah, so, yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, this that game has the too. aura of scope creep.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's that's something that I've even seen them mention was, I think, particularly when right before Act 3 or right after Act 3, they're like, yeah. Because like, there was a big break between Act 2 and Act 3. And I remember them saying like, "Yeah, this ended up being way, way bigger than we intended it to be," and that just continued <laughs> through yeah. the rest of the project. Um, yeah, and you can see it; you can absolutely see it as as you play it, even. So,
1: yeah, and it's it is a game that is polished to heck. Um, yes, like I. I... I made the mistake of watching because I happened to be on YouTube and it recommended to me like, Oh, Hey, the zero punctuation review of Kentucky route zero is, is here. And I'm like, I shouldn't watch this. Like, I know I'm not going to agree with the things that he says. And I watched it and I didn't agree with the things that he said. Um, But one of the things that, and like, actually I did agree with like some of the things that he said, he actually said a lot of the similar things to what we said here. But one of the things he called the game out for was like, um, like, I don't know how they spent so much time on it because they clearly didn't spend any, like any of that time on like voice acting or like, like realistic art. And I'm like, okay, fuck you. Because the art is amazing and like super polished. It's just not in a realistic style. Um, And like, it's simplistic, but they do amazing things with the simplicity. Uh, And also like, it's not supposed to have voice acting. The sound design in this game is also amazing and like what they do with the like weird soundscape in it is really cool and voice acting would be incredibly inappropriate in this game.
2: I mean, I will say there is sections with like voice acting.
1: Yeah, there's there are some slightly audio sections like when the, the when the like weird rambly man calls into the uh radio station yeah. and stuff. Um but yeah. it's but it's it's always deliberately placed, right? Like it's always in a section where the voice adds something interesting to the tone.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um so like yeah, that I think I think the, the time they spent polishing it really shows um and was really valuable because it it is it as I say, it's very deliberately the thing that it is trying to be, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <sighs> yeah. I probably should have taken notes on this one. I didn't. Um <laughs> I'm yeah, sure, I was thinking
3: that I could see, I'm sure as
1: soon as we get off of this, I'll think of like a hundred other things that I wanted to mention. Um, that's fine.
0: But look, this is already a long episode. So <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I mean, there's only so much we can say without... Yeah having a a three-and-a-half-hour-long Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, uh, (laughs) absolute play-by-play.
1: Yeah, and there's certainly a lot that we didn't say. And there's, like, don't feel like because we described the things that happened, this is one of those that, that I'll add this disclaimer, don't feel like you can't play the game now that we've said everything that happens in it, because the things that happen in this game are such a tiny part of what this game actually is. yeah. Absolutely. That, that we have done nothing, I think, to spoil the experience for you. We maybe spoiled yeah, like, that one jump scare in that uh, that mid mid uh, scene interval, but
0: yeah. But like we haven't talked about any of the bits where there are random musicians in the foreground singing a song.
1: Yeah. Um, or the that or the several times. The brilliant austere font choices for whenever they announce a new like scene and its location
0: yeah i don't think that was in previous versions of this like i think that font is new with the final release because i is don't it? remember it
1: before it's pretty yeah intense. the evangelion font. yeah where it's like yeah location big font black and white title card yeah scene three yeah
0: it's it's nice um
2: <laughs> I'm just yes, like, it wasn't long a, a long time ago since I played Control, and they do the exact same thing.
0: Do yeah, they do. I still I still haven't finished Control. I really need to get back into it. Uh, too many Ugh. games, not enough time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Um, but that is not the uh, game that we are playing next. Yeah.
0: I think we've talked about this one. We can talk about the next one.
1: Yeah. Any
0: Unless final thoughts?
1: Th- I was going to say, we should say, like, final, final thoughts on Kentucky Route Zero. It is not necessarily a, it is not necessarily a game that I enjoyed playing a hundred percent of the time, but it is definitely a game that I like, that I like appreciate its existence and am glad that it was made and am glad that I played.
3: yeah,
0: I think that's a fair assessment. We play a lot of games like that, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't know that I enjoy. Like I didn't enjoy playing it, but I like it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just thinking about the silver case again. Oh, uh, well, was,
1: I mean, I, I enjoyed gave playing up on that. the silver case. So,
0: I yeah, the silver case made me have a headache every time I tried to play it, and yet I would still sit through and play it for like a couple hours at a time, just getting through all that text for no reason. I was just I was just compelled yep the compulsion got me anyway this isn't quite as bad as the silver case it's not as inscrutable as the silver case i (laughs)
1: promise or at least when it's inscrutable (laughs) it's intentionally trying to be inscrutable in a way that it didn't feel like the silver case was yeah yeah
0: yeah Uh, i don't have anything else to add i don't think yeah
1: um all right so let's talk about what we're playing next uh if i can find the, the Tab I opened underneath this thing I looked up about bats while we were talking. Oh um, yeah, bats. <laughs> uh, Okay. Um, next game we are going to be playing uh, is Manifold Garden. Uh, by the 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 little Google blurb says uh, by American artist William Cheer Chire Kier. <laughs> here I don't know uh, chYr no. C- C- is how you spell that okay and it's just like William chair studio like it sounds like it's mostly just like this one dude uh, and then someone else doing uh, the music
2: it's so, pretty much him alone and uh, he's been streaming the development the v- development of this game
1: like the entire
2: cool. thing so I've nice. been watching a bit of it
1: yeah so um yeah, we. It looks like it is So it is a spatial puzzle game. Um, so hopefully this will have mechanics um, compared to Kentucky Route Zero. Um, but the uh, it looks a little bit halfway between like an antechamber and a naissance uh, or naissance, which we never learned how to pronounce. Um, yeah. And uh, we're hoping it's more on the antechamber side. Um, because we were all very frustrated with that other one. Um, but it, it looks like it might be on the antechamber side that it's like heavily about like weird space that doesn't make sense and how you solve that in puzzles. and it visually it looks super cool. Um, it's got this weird, like outlined, sort of shaded black and white kind of art style or just shaded white, I guess. Um, I don't know. looks cool. We're gonna try it. You should try it too. And then come talk with us about it in probably two weeks. Uh, It says it's about like a 10 hour game roughly. So we'll see if that ends up being accurate. Yeah.
0: I'm just looking at the Wikipedia now. Uh, Inspired by the books House of Leaves and Blam, which is, that's a good sign. (laughs)
1: Yeah. That's an interesting combination of things. Okay. Yeah.
0: I guess, I guess like now that I'm, I'm looking at screenshots, I can see the Blam, uh, Inspiration here just with these big, endless, giant structures. Oh, is blam... it's a lot
2: about like fractals, I think. Yeah,
1: okay, uh, that's cool. Blam isn't that oh, it is or blame, blam,
0: it's spelled blame, it's pronounced blam. blam. Okay, I know.
3: <laughs> uh,
1: that's that's the same uh comic that inspired Naissance right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So no wonder that the architecture looks similar. Yeah. Um they are both yeah, we they're both inspired by the same visual art style of this uh graphic novel. Yeah. Which is cool. by the way a graphic novel about um like machines that build architecture and then like they lose control of the machines so the machines just build like yeah. an endless like planet-sized build nonsensical building. Yeah. yeah. That's it.
2: Not gonna lie, I really need to, quite like, read that. Because it <laughs> yeah. looks so cool.
1: It's, I
0: haven't read much of it. I've read a little bit, and, um, yeah, my, my boyfriend has read quite a bit of it as well. He really likes it. But
1: it looks, it's cool. it looks, like, scary to me. It looks, like, scary on a sort of profound existential level that I'm not sure I want to get to venture into. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, that's that was, like, that feeling of scariness carried through to Naissance, for sure. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hope it's not as pronounced in Manifold Garden.
2: I think Manifold Garden is way more on the, like, upbeat.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. It, has, it has a very relaxing name, so...
0: <laughs> and it's got a much comfier color palette. Yeah. It's just nice pastels feels a lot less threatening. A lot less
1: harsh, yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. Um, Hopefully all of that will end up being the case um, as we we actually go through and play it. Uh, So yeah, we'll be playing that in hopefully two weeks. Um, You're welcome to come and join us and record with us uh, if you have strong feelings on this game and want to talk about it with us. Yeah. Please do.
0: Cool. Uh yeah, and if you would like to join us on the next episode, you can get in touch with us on Twitter at feedbackforce. Just say, Hey, friends, let me get up on that episode. And uh if if you got the time, baby, you're in. Yep. That's all that's
3: all it takes.
0: <laughs> um otherwise you can find me on Twitter at Kelso Time Bomb. Not a lot going on there these days, but you know. I'm around.
1: Yep. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Kyla underscore go, uh, or you can find our game uh, Wintermore Tactics Club at WintermoreTC um, coming spring 2020 to PC and consoles.
2: Yeah. And you can find me on Twitter at Skug3.
1: And that's all nice. there is say. We did it. All right, thanks yep. for thanks for listening to our exceptionally long ramble on Kentucky Route Zero. I I guess yeah. I probably should have figured that this was going to be exceptionally long because we couldn't not yeah. go through the things that happen in this game, and there's a lot of things.
0: Yeah, I was prepared for this one to be a long one. So I, I don't. We still haven't beaten uh, the eternal record, and I don't think we ever shall. But <laughs> we,
1: hopefully, we won't.
0: Yeah. yeah. Of
1: brothers of our very first episode.
0: Yeah.
3: Way too long. Yep.
0: That's fine. We were look. It takes some time to nail down we the were timing young. of we everything were young and, foolish then. and otherwise we are pretty consistent. Yep. With how long our episodes end up being. So I don't feel bad about it, is what I'm saying. Oh, yep. uh, okay, cool. Yeah, well. Yeah. See y'all next time. Thanks for listening. Bye.
1: Farewell. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Sort of an awkward outro, but that's all right. Yeah, that's That's the way to do it.